Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Pastors Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and how this episode is brought to you by Nike. Just do it. My name is Michael Basinger. With me are Matt Polly, hey. Brad Polly, Howdy. and together we are the Inglorious Pastors. Uh-huh. See what I did there? We sure are. Yep. See, Nike. Yeah, I got it. Not actually a sponsor, unfortunately, yeah. but I'll take them. Yeah. Like some Air Jordans. Uh, they, don't, they don't make Jordans anymore, do they? <laughs> yeah, they do. Oh, Spoiler alert, they're not interested. I thought Jordan had his own his own no, they, brand. No, they still make Jordans. Oh, yeah. Well. Why is my internet not working? I don't know. Why isn't it working? Are I don't you, know. Are you on... It was working, and now it's are not working. Are you on working. my Wi-Fi? 5.0? Yeah, or I'm on 2. 5.0. 4? Try 2.4. Yeah. Well, I need the password for that one. <laughs> I'll text you. Yeah, I was gonna say. Fuck me gently, sixty nine. Mm, no, that's that's not it. My kids have to use the password sometimes. <laughs> yes, I tried that. It didn't work. That was my <laughs> first guess. Daddy, what's fuck mean? Stop saying fuck. Um. Oh, it's the same. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> announcements. Uh, you could have just said it's the same as the other one. This oh. is an announcement only for people in the pub, just because. <laughs> You know, I want to do this. Uh, Secret Santa. We're doing Secret Santa in the the Pastor's Pub. So if you're a, a part of the Pastor's Pub, uh, there's a secret group called Secret Santa. So get in there. <laughs> Fill out your, your information. Yep. Um, third year anniversary coming up. <laughs> RSVP. Not, not for a while. Uh, RSVP. Um, <laughs> there's an attendees group. So join the group if you're planning on attending. Uh, don't bring beer. So, yep. Well, I mean, you can bring it just not to the thing. Yeah, so yeah, you can drink it at your hotel room or whatever. You can but. drink it alone in your car, listening. Well, probably not if the no, car's on. Not a good idea. Um, yeah, I think your internet's off. Oh wait, now it's working. Oh my god, stay on target. All right, let's go. Uh, what are you drinking? Here yeah, we go. Works for me. Still not working. Hey, 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 what are you drinking? Hey, hey. That's, that's helpful. Hey, what are you drinking now? Woo! Yeehaw! <laughs> this round, well, well, let's talk about what we're drinking, and then I got to pull up uh, who this round is on. So go ahead. Uh, it's from Taxman, their reserve series, cash flow, uh, blackberry, sour blonde ale with blackberries. It's very good. Yeah. It's very it tart. Yeah, it's, um, it's a little, I mean, it's definitely a... Uh, on the sour side. Yeah, for sure. Thing. Brad so. is Brad is fully puckered. Well, I don't know about fully puckered. Like <laughs> mildly, mildly puckered. <laughs> Mild, mildly puckered. Yeah. Off-puttingly puckered. Yep. Um, but uh, I, I definitely got uh, wood notes yeah. in that. I didn't get it, but now that yeah. you say it, now of yeah. course I get it, yeah, obviously. It's funny how that works. Tastes like blackberries. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one product that lives up to its name, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> what are we doing? This is great, great commentary. Um, I'm looking for a song, but I can't find it now. Oh, I was going to play Strawberry Wine, but... Oh, God. No, we're good. Let's, right. let's not. Pass. We're good. I can't find it, We Andy. have more beer coming later. Andy, come back. I'll, I'll, uh, Andy, come back. Andy, come back to me. <laughs> Do you get that reference? Oh, I, yeah, I got Wait, it. who yeah. sang that? I couldn't even was tell Was that Hollow Notes? Baby, come back. Was it? Yeah, I think it was. Might have I been. have no idea. I'll, I'll Google it. Oh, Go I was going to do that. That's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> 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 
Yeah. I just put Baby Got Back. That's a whole different song. Yeah. Yeah, Yep. (laughs) Uh, Player. Player? Never heard of it. (laughs) It's because they didn't touch her. (laughs) Yeah, the American rock band Player. Oh, well. At least in 1977. Boy, they had a lot of hits then, Mm -hmm. didn't they? Yeah. That sounds like a 1977 song. All right. This round is on Christy Jernigan. Jernigan. Are you Jernigan? Burnigan? Barnigan? <laughs> Christy Jernigan. Uh, Are you Christ- Jernigan? Yep, Christy Jernigan. <laughs> yep. Jernigan. On the Jernigan. I can't She's wait to me. get on the Jernigan. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Christy. Really looking forward to her dropping her support. Yep. Uh, it's going to be great. Give Christy, it a, Christy, give it a Christy, month. Christy, 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 Jern, Jerns. <laughs> um, Christy grew up and lived... In Alabama until she was 33. Greenbow, Alabama. Uh, when she when she lost her mind and up and moved she to was the, there, and then she sat in a cornfield and prayed, Dear God, make me a bird so I can fly far, far, far away from here. Dear God. <laughs> Where am I right now? <laughs> You're in Gump Twilight Land. Zone. You're in Gump Land, asshole. <laughs> I need the Twilight Zone theme song for Billy. He loves that shit. And then um, she went through a phase of drugs, and then she ended up with AIDS. Is this not is the that same how person? She died? Well, yeah. Did, are you? Yeah. It's been a while. I've seen. Oh it, my like, god! I've probably seen it. I six have times. a virus. They don't know what it is. <laughs> oh well, I didn't know what it was. How am I? How the fuck am I supposed to know? <laughs> I kind of thought it was fairly obvious. Joe's not on board. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny's got some AIDS. <laughs> he didn't know Jenny had AIDS. Oh god! Are you really not going to play the AIDS song? Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that one. You had one opportunity to do it for real. <laughs> you just turned your volume up. Don't I do that. I turned it back down. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's good. All right. All right, so Christine um, <laughs> lived in Alabama. She's going to love this. That we've talking about forests, baby mama, and uh. AIDS. So... Uh, anyway, so she lost her mind and, and moved to the huge state of Rhode Island. Because um, <laughs> I know when, when I lose my mind, that's where I try to I want to go. Is Y'all want to make me lose my mind <laughs> up in here? God, we're never going to get through this. Uh, she went to, to Rhode, She moved to Rhode Island and has been living there for the last nine years on the lamb. Um, I added that in. Uh, she was, she was very well, much. She can't go very far if she's in Rhode Island. There's not many places say. to run. <laughs> pretty much you the know. ocean or Delaware. That's pretty <laughs> much. Hey, is it butt up hello. against Delaware? I'm know. in Delaware. Uh, she was very much a tomboy growing up, and uh, much preferred hanging out with the neighborhood boys, riding bikes or four wheelers. They had a lot. Okay, that was Alabama. Like, there's no four wheelers on Rhode Island. There's no room for them. All right. She is 42 years old, single, ready to mingle. Um, you added that. Too, I added that. Yeah. <laughs> single. I figured it and definitely felt like a Michael original. I don't know if she's ready to mingle, but I'm throwing it in there. Um, she has one child of the four-legged variety named Faith. I'm glad she didn't say doggo. Thank a, God uh, for that. A uh, One of those miniature horses. Um, oh, I hope so. Bye-bye, little Sebastian. Um, My six-year-old was begging me to get a miniature horse for a pet, and I was like, "Really, dude? Like, if you buy, if you buy one, you can store it at my house. Store it. I got a little. I've got a fenced inside yard. I do. I have a little fence. 
No, about, I do too. I have uh, a fenced in yeah, side. Oh, do you have like a storage unit you're going to put it in? <laughs> I've got a little I would a never have barn. to mow that side, that yard to be fantastic. Yeah, I'm thinking about getting some goats just to keep that. Can keep I come play with your goats trend. if you get goats? I it's, love goats. Can you get, it the, is a very you get the fainting goats? Yeah, get the fainting goats. We'll come out and we'll just fuck with them the entire day. Yeah. Just okay. yell at them until they faint. Sarah, you heard it here. We're getting fainted, fainting goats. <laughs> um, Somebody tells me that's not going to happen. I'm pretty sure it isn't. So Faith, who I hope is not a not a cat, um, is has four legs anyway. Uh, Christy can. She said she can often be found reading. I hope it's not the dog. Um, <laughs> Although well, impressive. that would be pretty awesome. Uh, Christy can often be found reading, hanging out uh, with a small group of local friends, or hanging out at home. Because isn't that what all Enneagram nines do? Um, what so, hang out at home? Yes, yes they do. Yep. <laughs> Speaking as ch- one, ch- ch- chilling at the home. Um, she can be really quiet at first, but once she gets to know you, um, you might not be able to get her to shut up. An interesting factoid about her. She went to a military school for her freshman year, which means she knows how to shine brass and shoes and carry a weapon. Hmm. Um, same. And as she's typing this, her bio typing this bio, her laptop is appropriately at 69%. (laughs) Thanks, Christy. Well, thank God for We're that. Yeah. The holy numerals. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being a friend. Yes. Um, th- sit on my face and tell me that you love me. I'll sit on your face and tell you I love you. I love to hear you. My little spiel about the pub is gone. I don't know where it went. Must have deleted it. If you'd like to buy us around, go to patreon.com slash pastorspodcast. Um, it gets you in the pub. It's a closed Facebook group where we talk about life, spirituality, and everything else. I got had that from memory. It's not typed out Good, anymore. Good, buddy. Um, things discussed in the pub this week. Nike. Yeah. I just... I There is... Can we talk about... Spend, spend a minute to talk about how bad at protest conservatives are. I don't think I've ever owned a pair of Nikes. I, I have. I don't like them. They don't fit me right. I wear like Adidas or New Balance anyway. I don't give a shit. Silver like, series. I love these guys that are like burning their Nikes and the guy the one guy the picture of the the guy that cut the Nikes off of his socks. Boy, that'll show him. Yeah. Now you've got uncomfortable socks. Oh, that you already paid him for anyway. You yeah. absolute you fucking literally idiot. cut out the elastic that holds up uh, yes. the socks. God, you morons. Um I, I those are the best. My favorite protests ever are the oh, ones no. where they burn shit that they've already bought. Uh-huh. Oh, really, really own the libs with that one. But libs are the libs are the snowflakes. Good God. What kind of shoes did you want when you were a kid? I had Nikes when I was a kid. I, I always wanted I, never I wanted Nikes. Jordans. I don't think I ever had a pair We'd, of Jordans. Maybe one year. I might have one year. I think I might have one year in middle school basketball. I had Reebok pumps one year in basketball. Those were yeah. the shit. We had Magic. Oh, yeah. I had, I had we the had Reebok the, pumps. Those were the shit. Oh, we had the Converse, the Magic and Larry Converse. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, I had I the Larry ones. I had the Magic ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys those, have, were sh- those were awesome. Do they still make those? Do you guys have LA Lights? I doubt remember it. Remember those? <laughs> I didn't, but oh, I remember. Shit. I had some of those. Like, LA Lights. They were fucking awesome. And Pumas. Uh, and what were the ones with the the, the little pouch, the kangaroo ones? Oh, those were um, what were those? I uh, ruse, ruse, fucking loved, yeah. loved them. I didn't have those. Yeah, LA you used them to really store did. your weed. No, I was way too holy for that. <laughs> um, we also talked in the pub about best frontman in history. 
It's Freddie Mercury. Your your argument is invalid. <laughs> Fight me. I, it's really it's hard to say. Like so, no, it isn't. Pro- it's well, Freddie if, Mercury. If you're talking about performance, yes. I mean, he's really really. He had good. everything. Performance, the vocals. He had he had he was the full package. Yeah, he had everything. I prefer Brian Wilson. Just throwing that out there. No. He no. is no, there's no, no. Fucking just for the way. genius, the musical genius. Oh, but that's, that's a different argument though. That's you're talking He's songwriting and that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. Mike love. <laughs> She's I'm real fine. My four Oh nine. She's real fine. My four Oh nine. My four. Um, also banana nut cake. Yes. Genius. In the oh yeah. Well, yeah, there sure was. Monk showed us yep. his banana nut <laughs> cake. He sure did. It looked delicious. And, and not to be confused, it literally was it a was, cake. It was a, so. Well, it was a cake. Well, mm-hmm. It was definitely a dick-shaped cake. Made of banana and nuts. Yes. So, yeah. apropos. If you're going to go, go, go full banana, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Uh, there was a, credo, if you have to have a credo. Northwest turd meetup this past weekend, too. Yeah, that was cool. People from the Pastors Pub got together and hung out. Yeah, that was really and Drank cool beer see. and ate meat, as yep. good Americans do. Yeah, I guess. So, looks like fun. Yeah, huh? definitely looked like a good time. Yep. Um, we also talked about telling your family you are deconstructing how to do that. Don't. <laughs> I'd say they probably already figured it out. <laughs> yeah, probably so. No need to make a scene. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me just from from one poly to to you, just don't talk about it. That's what we do. It, we just we just suppress, push down. Don't mention the big issues. Yeah. Just. Tuck those under the carpet. Well, I had many knockdown drag out wars, but eventually you just It's not worth it. It's just I mean, who cares? Yeah. Who cares, Dan mm-hmm. Summers? <laughs> who fucking cares. All right. Um into the news feed. Are we ready? I think so. All right. She's real nine, my four oh nine. Oh, by the way, thanks, Christy. You're you're the real champ here. <laughs> you're the real you. MVP. Yep. Anybody want to go? Oh, I'll go ahead. Yeah. Um, a mountain lion uh, invaded a woman's living room. She used telepathy to calm it down. Same. <laughs> As one does. <laughs> there is a. I mean, here's the picture. There is a mountain lion laying on her couch. Ooh, she's an animal whisperer. Pretty much. Because yeah. you can, I don't know if telepathy is transferable to animals. So, I'm not sure. Earlier this month, while apparently trying to seek refuge from the wildfires in Oregon, a mountain lion entered Taylor's home after drinking from her fountain outside of her back door. According to Taylor, the cat tried to leave through a closed window after somebody in the house screamed and then hid behind the sofa. So this thing freaked. It's not what you yeah. want as a freaking out mountain lion mm, in yep. your house. These things are vicious. But instead of trying to shoo the animal outside or running, hiding, and calling the cops on the potentially dangerous animal, you know, what you should do. Yep. <laughs> Taylor said she had a better idea. Try to communicate with it on a telepathic level. This is what she wrote. Cats are extremely psychic and perceptive of energy, and this lion could have been dangerous in an energy field of fear or anger. In fact, before I consciously elevated the energy field and trained her to a theta state, a housemate had shouted and slammed a door upon seeing her, and the lion was frightened, agitated, and determined to exit through a closed window. Yes. Open the goddamn window and let yep. it go. Oh, I guess I'll, I'll open the window now. Jesus. Well, no, once the energy shifted, she calmed down. 
When she was so quiet and it was obvious from the position of her feet on the wall that she was laying down, I went outside to see through the window that she, how she was, oh, what she was doing. She was sleeping. When I made a noise, she woke up and looked startled, so I consciously raised my frequency, gazed lovingly into her oh eyes, and communicated uh, using feline speak, eye blinking to calm yes! her. Yes! Yes! It was amazing to realize that this worked. I gazed lovingly, then blinked hard, and then she did it back. Then she went back to sleep. Yes. So when the animal woke up, Taylor wrote that I again connected in a loving way and communicated to the animal through blinking. So, so well, this, what this, was the line there? This the, lion. The, le- the, sl- the, the, the blinking telepathy? Is yeah. that what was that? Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, so it slept after like six hours. That's how I control Michael. Yes. <laughs> Telepathy. So uh, it was just a couple hours to dawn and we needed to prompt her to leave without alarming her so much that she panicked. I sent telepathic pictures of the routes out of the house. This person is a fucking lunatic. (laughs) In the route out the backyard across the creek through an open field and back up into the hills. (laughs) We got guidance that the way to rouse her and get her to leave the safe spot behind the sofa without panicking was through drumming. We called Where did in you get guidance from. We called in native. Did you call your shaman. We called in native ancestors support and started drumming. She roused and knew just what to do. Walked out through the open doors, through the yard, across the creek, and through the empty field behind us, exactly as we had shown her. Did she? Did she email the the Native American shaman? Or you know, but believing in a divine being is crazy, right? Yeah, got it. <laughs> Can we talk about how that might be the worst fucking song ever written? I don't know, Bobby McFerrin made stuff too. Yeah, I had the tiger. Yeah, I got it, buddy. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, so um, you know, next time you encounter a mountain lion, before it rips your jugular out, try to in- try to talk to you. <laughs> Just do that. I, I, Actually, when I was out and when I was out west, when I was in high school, I took a couple of trips out there, and there were signs. You know what you're supposed to do if you encounter a mountain lion? You're literally supposed to like raise your hands above your head, clap, and yell, bad kitty. No shit. Those were posted by the, mm. like, the National Park Service. Oh, can I get a video of you doing that? No, I didn't. No. Bad kitty. Bad kitty. Bad pussy. <laughs> bad. There it is. Well, we got there. <laughs> the more you know. Yeah. All right. Uh, I have a follow-up question. Okay. If you could have uh, telepathic conversations with any animal... What would you have? A gorilla. Gorilla. Monkeys. Yeah, gorillas, man. Monkeys? Yeah. Right. You would fucking plan of the apes to happen? Nah. You would be the leader of the chimp army. (laughs) God damn it. That's a great idea. Everybody has to have have a purpose, Michael. (laughs) I have to give it to you. That was a better idea than mine. What would... Spiders. I'd get... I'd get... Tell those fuckers to get away. Not a spider fan, huh? I'd have one crawl up Matt's face right now. Literally terrified of spiders, and I just couldn't give a shit. They don't bother me. They don't bother me. I just don't. I'm the spider killer when they're like, "Oh my god, there's a spider!" I'm like, "All right." Although once they reach a certain size, it's like, "Yeah, that's not a spider." I saw a tarantula in Haiti, and I was like, "All right, well, that's big enough." Yeah, we got some pretty big ones in our. It was the size of a pie plate. Yeah, we got some pretty big ones in our. It's not a spider. It's a dinosaur, and it wasn't in a cage. It was literally just out in the wild. Fucking starship troopers. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I uh we've got some big ones out in our garage. But if you, you know, bought a little horse, then he could take care of the spiders for me. Do horses eat spiders? I'm sure they would. They'd scare them away. I'm pretty sure they don't. 
They'd scare them away. Yeah, with their hooves. By swishing their tail and yeah. flopping Fuck their mane yeah. back and with forth. Their hooves. I would use the horse as an intermediary <laughs> towards the spiders. I would connect telepathically to the horse and the horse would talk to the spiders. That's how I, it works. I can't do this today. I just I can't. Not today. <laughs> a horse intermediary. Well, yeah. there's an idea. Not a good Mini one, horse. but it's an idea. Yep. All right. Uh Kuwaiti. A uh, shop caught sticking googly eyes on their fish. <laughs> you guys see I this? don't understand how this is a bad thing. Uh, yeah, it's a bad thing. So they're, if you can't tell that they're googly eyes, yeah, then I was gonna say, the jokes you, on you. you. Kind how of, did you not tell they're googly eyes, though? They spin around inside like it's not. <laughs> it's still moving. So uh, Rolf, a fishmonger, a fishmonger in Kuwait has been closed down for sticking googly eyes on his fish to make them appear fresher. A fishmonger. So What's you can name? tell the freshness of a fish by looking at its eyes. Oh. And that's so he was thinking, I'll stick these because it looks fresher than the other picture, which definitely doesn't look gross. fresh. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Don't eat that. No. Um, yeah. So somebody took a video of it and... Uh, it says rival Kuwaiti fish sellers reacted by advertising fresh fish without cosmetics. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a fish arms race at this point. Yep. So but here's um, the thing: he he telepathically talked to the the yeah, fish, right. the dead fish ghost, yes. and said, "Is it okay?" And the fish yes. was cool with it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna break my own protocol. I have a third story. Oh shit! I'm very excited right now. <laughs> Yeah, as you Let's should go. be. All right, they save the up. best for last. Uh, this artist creates specialty dildos that can hold human remains. No. 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 God, no. No. Nope. Nope. Mother. Nope. Yeah, Boy, exactly. You know you're not grieving well when you're jamming a dildo inside of you with your dead husband's ashes in it. I mean, you know, we've talked about there might not be unhealthy grief. That might be kind of unhealthy. <laughs> Boy. Boy, that's. Uh... Um, so, uh, yeah. So for a cool $10,000. Jeez. A $10,000 dildo. That's stupid. Morning partners can invest in a one of a kind memory box created by designer Mark Sturkenboom. <laughs> Wait. Does the deceased okay. have to get their memory? Yeah. yeah. Box. Yes. Question. Which can Does play the, music and holds the deceased wedding ring, cologne, and a quote golden capsule that can hold up to twenty-one grams of human ashes. It also comes with a handkerchief, presumably for crying, but no judgment. Oh. Um, wow. Does the person does the deceased have to get their scrotum digitally scanned so it could be accurate to their their genitalia? No, I don't think so, Michael. Oh. Don't overthink this. That's the don't, premium plan. Don't, don't do, don't do, don't pull a Michael on this. I like the premium plan on this. this. <laughs> like the upgrade. God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, my, Matt, what do you have? My my husband sent these pictures to me. Can you create this? <laughs> huh. Well, yeah. Have fun following that. Uh, okay, Michael, this one's for you, buddy. All right, I'm ready. News reporter says flux capacitor was the potential cause of a plane <laughs> okay. crash. I saw this on the news. <laughs> Finally, it's happening. <laughs> Catherine Burcham with Boston 25. Burcham damn near killed him. Yeah. Uh, with Boston 25 News, News Where You Live, was reporting live from the scene of a plane crash at Cranland Airport in Hanson, Massachusetts. 
That's near Boston. When it appears. In the clip, Bircham, damn near killed him, claims that Jacob Hasselden. The 20-year-old pilot who crash-landed the plane told her a defective flux capacitor was the possible cause of the crash. God, that's so good. Uh, as many of you know, a flux capacitor is a component in Doc Brown's time machine from the Back to the Future franchise. Michael didn't know that. It's My unclear. fantasy football team is called the Doc Browns, so you better <laughs> fucking believe I knew that. Everybody, Michael, anybody that's listened to this for more than three episodes yes. know you know future. We Back to the Future. Yes. Yeah. Um, while it's possible that Hasselton... Hasselton uh, actually blamed the crash on a flux gate compass, a magnetic instrument used to help pilots keep their craft level with the earth. It was hard to miss the flub. So he probably told her right, either told her right, or, or I haven't watched the actual video, it. or she heard it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, flux gate compass, I mean, I... I don't know, it kind of reminds me of when that plane crashed in San Francisco a few years ago. Oh. Dude, that is the most cringeworthy yes. news. Did you ever see that, Michael? No. God, was it a Japan it was, it was like a, it was an Asian airline of some yeah. sort that crashed and it killed a bunch of people at the San Francisco airport. Neat. It clipped, it clipped the runway over yeah, the water so before it landed. No shit. You can look this up. This it's still on YouTube. There was a news clip of somebody, the, the actual newscaster in the studio talking about the crash. And they said, we now have, uh, the names of the pilots of this flight were, oh, no. were, um, Oh, God, how did it start? Holy Fook. Holy Fook. We Too Low. Bang Ding Bang Ow. Bang Ding Ow. And then there was another one. Yeah, I mean. Like somebody, wow. somebody, somebody put it on the teleprompter. Put it on the prompter, and she just fucking read it. It was like Anger Man. Mm-hmm. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. Yeah. I mean, it was just like yeah. that kind of like. It, it, you can look it up on YouTube. It's Jeez. unbelievable how that got past numerous people. Copy they had to get past and, yeah. tons of people. Yeah, yeah it's, it is like the cringiest thing yeah. ever. Great. Yeah. Man. Yep. Oh, no, it was it was something Wong. Something Wong. Holy, holy food. food we, we too low. low. Bang ding. Yeah. Out. Wow. Those are the pilots. Yep. yep. It's unfucking believable. It's a lot it, of pilots. It is. Well, crew. I mean, yeah, whatever, yeah. but still. Yeah, still. I mean. I don't think wow. the number's the problem. I think we're missing the uh, I don't forest think the for the trees here. Yeah, I don't think that's the problem with that story. So <laughs> anyway, so that's that. Uh, and then this one, uh, Earl Friends Peter in the news. Oh, Peter. Um, Peter Chips. Hey, Judah. Hey, can you shut the door, buddy? Hi, Jude. Hey, bud. Okay, don't shut the door. I'll that's get fine. It. All right, thank you. Uh, animal rights group, people don't, for the hey, ethical treatment of animals. Don't say shit. Whatever you do. Yeah. Jude, go upstairs, buddy. Well, like now. Oh. Oh, Beth's down here. Okay, never mind. Um, <laughs> I'll wait till, till Brad gets back. Don't he, say shit. He's going to like this. Yeah. Don't say shit. Do I need some... some... All right, there we go. Yeah, oh, Brad's getting a beer. Mm. They've been in there all night. They're cold. <laughs> They've been in there literally all night. Oh, my gosh. I got the Monty Python animation playing when you come back. Okay, I'm back. All right. All right, Michael. Michael. Yeah. Okay. Animal rights group people for the ethical treatment of animals has asked officials for permission to erect a five-foot tombstone to mark the site of an August truck crash that spewed lobsters onto a main road. Hmm. 
They want to put a gravestone for dead lobsters on the well, side of the highway. You know. If R.I.P. Little Buddy. If the state's Department say? of Transportation. Bye, bye, little Sebastian <laughs> from Little Mermaid. Not Sebastian. If the, the red one. <laughs> nice. That's, that's tied nice. it all together. It really did. Yeah. You really. I, I'm not even remotely surprised he knows that. <laughs> not even a little bit. Uh, if the state's uh, Department of Transportation grants their crest, PETA says it will memorialize the, quote, countless sensitive crustaceans, end quote, who were killed during the August 22nd crash in Brunswick, Maine, according to a Wednesday release from the group. The gravestone would read, in memory of the lobsters who suffered and died at this spot, and urge people to try vegan. The crash reference involved truck carrying 7,000 pounds of lobster. Wow. That's a lot of lobster. They died yeah. for nothing. I do. I, it's kind of sad, but not for the reasons they think it's sad. <laughs> um, it's a loss of lobster. I mean, if we're going to be honest. Um, uh, yeah, I do like lobster. PETA says it hopes the memorial will discourage passerby from eating the sea creatures, which are often boiled alive in the food preparation process. Last week, the group funded a billboard showing the picture of a crab with the words, I'm me, not meat. See the individual. Go vegan. Come on down. This is a red lobster. Come on down to my marker 69. Bring your own butter sauce. <laughs> so it's just a bunch of people showing up on the side of the road with clarified butter in a jar <laughs> and a fork. Yeah. It shut down the highway for a while until they could scrape all the crustaceans off the road. So. And I think literally Same. scrape some of them off the road. Huh. Well, Pretty sure the truck fell yeah, on a fair number I was of them. Say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, is that all? That's it. All right. R.I.P. Yeah. yeah. Uh, product update: Fruit Loop Donuts now exist. Oh. They taste just like the cereal. Hmm. Uh, Man, Carl's I like Jr. I could do about a half of one of those probably. I Carl's like Jr. and Hardee's. No, each one has a different color. Like there's. I know Fruit Loops all have You know my favorite flavor. cereal right now? The best cereal on the market. Is a s'more cereal? Oh, that's good. Oh yeah. my god, it, it's 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 basically what they just mixed. It's like mixing golden grams, which is generally one of my favorite cereals ever. Yeah, cocoa puffs. Yeah, and Lucky Charms, but just the marshmallows. Uh, it's I mean it is just fantastic. <laughs> <on board. laughs> anyway, so go check it out at Hardee's and uh, Carl's Juniors for you weirdos. You live in that weird spot. Uh, there's also a recipe to make Mountain Dew ice cream. On the Ooh, internet, so. yeah. man, I poured myself out on Mountain Dew in college. Yeah, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, I've yeah. had Mountain Dew in like at least a decade. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> um, I'm trying to decide. Do I want to do Florida Man? Or <laughs> you can't go wrong with Florida Man. Um, dating. I'm gonna do two. Uh, <laughs> there um, it is. That a boy. Sex doll brothel is coming to Toronto. Oh no! Wait, didn't we do this story? I think we did. I think we did. did we this do. I think we've had this story in Toronto. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we had a sex I'm pretty sure we did. Brothel. Was it recently? No, it's been a while, but I'm pretty sure we did. All right. Well, Toronto's getting one. <laughs> Product update: Toronto sex doll. Uh, clean up after yourselves, guys. I, I did hear about this that they encourage you to wear a condom. <sighs> well, yeah, you would think. God. Customers will be charged sixty dollars to seven hundred and forty-two dollars. That's a uh, lot. Wait a second. Yeah. What's the range and why? I, I, you, you can get. I did I, hear. I this assume story. just like prostitution, there are different levels <laughs> I for did. different things. Well, they just lay there, Michael. Yeah, I, I was gonna say. Wait, what? Some some crevices are harder to clean out oh. than others. It's a difficulty in cleaning out. I would guess. 
Yep. So um, <laughs> that's a thing now. You know how they know? You know how you know it's full, ready oh, to clean out. Please don't. Don't even say what you're going to say. Please don't. You're going to say it. The robot has a runny nose. There it is. <laughs> Correct. Jerking off. Yeah. Well. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um. Also, can you imagine? I have no idea. Could you imagine being a janitor in a place like that? No. No, no, I would not. No, no, and I'm not. I mean, I would assume they would have to clean the dolls. You have, I mean, but they God, tell you to wear spray them out like a bowling shoe or something. <laughs> Listen to this, Jesus! This is, this is a little you would, you would have to give them a quick spritz or something of some <laughs> antifungal, putting on the spritz. My God! Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, the company's marketing director. Uh, said there there will be no human staff at the brothel section, and that customers are likely to bump are are unlikely to bump into a single person. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if you're the first guy into wait, this brothel, good on you. Wait, if wait, you're wait, anywhere the, past the first guy, yeah, go somewhere else. You want to be first in line. You want to camp out for this one. What if feeling like a real prostitute would be way cleaner than this? They put their yeah. payment down on the counter and then go straight to their room. Uh, we don't have staff in there. Just a camera. Boy. I can't believe that's the only. I, I think I heard you can rent multiples at one time. Why? Why? Well, exactly. Why is, I mean, oh my god! Like, I mean, yeah. I. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Son will be married. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's. I can only imagine that's what they're thinking. Like, boy, I just. Oh God! There's some so fucking weird and damn gross. it, Karen! I said roll over. Seriously, roll over, roll over, or I will roll you over. Okay, yeah. gonna roll you over then. Jeez. It's the twelfth time tonight, Karen. My God, this is the worst story we have ever had on this podcast. Eh, we've done it's worse. We've done worse. Bad. I don't we, know, man. Yeah. It's pretty bad. We've done worse. Well, I don't know. But I've never done something like that, Matt. But you can speak for yourself. Right. Michael, Michael walks into the brothel with a hundo. <laughs> Aren't sex dolls single use? What's going on? <laughs> it's Michael's payday, man. He's in. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he, he walks in. Jerking off. <laughs> All right. <Rimming> speed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, oh, man. <laughs> Next story. <laughs> Florida man knows no bounds. Oh. So, uh, a... So, Florida man and his, and his <laughs> lovely uh, wife uh, or partner, I'm not sure if they're married. Um, anyway, Florida man... <laughs> From, I don't know how to say this, Ocala? Yeah. Ocala, Florida. Oh, yeah. I've actually, I think I've been through I've been Ocala. Through there. Yeah. A couple was arrested out of their home uh, last Thursday. Um, apparently, there were some illegal goings-ons in the workplace. Um, their house had a drive-in, a drive through window, but they weren't selling fast food. Huh. So, uh, they, they installed a drive through window on their house. So they could sell drugs in it. <laughs> didn't think they would get caught. Wow. 
Um, they also had a, a it's got a, a big flashing neon sign. They had Dope an open beer. sign. They had an open sign in one of those. <laughs> we'll be back at this time. Like seriously, so they didn't want to 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 raise suspicion by people coming and going into their house. So they thought it would be less suspicious if they added a drive in a drive through window, so people can just drive by. That's, get a, that's a watertight plan. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, God, people, well, I mean, honestly, people are just dumb. If you're going to be the kind of person who puts a drive through window for yeah. drugs in your house, yes. you're not really like you're not going to Harvard. No. Like you've not done Ivy no, League schools. Nope. Not really. You probably didn't get out of the eighth grade. Yep. I mean, police said that they were uh, seeing some overdose incidents happening in this particular area, specifically at this particular location. Um, there were some heroin sales that were going on subsequently. The investigation they were able to determine the product was laced with fentanyl. So, ooh, well that that kind of shit kills you. So, yep. So, hmm. yep. Good times. Unified yeah. Drug Enforcement Strike Team to the rescue. <laughs> yeah, that's it. All right, I can do another if you want to. No, no, we're good. We're good. Okay. All right. Yeah, we're good. Fine. All right. Well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so we've got a special music. We got music. We got music. Yes, we do. Um, so our... I haven't heard this yet. I'm excited. Good friend, uh, Nick Sibson. Um, Nicky Sibs. He's in a band called Paige Gray. And I think we've featured one of their songs. They're about the to change their name to Nicky Sibs, though. Nicky Sibs. They're going the, punk. Nicky Sibs and the Paige Grays. Yeah. <laughs> no, Nicky Sibs and the Gray Pages. Yeah. That's more punk. That's it. Yeah, it yeah. is. So Paige Gray is the band. It's a side project. Yes. Paige Gray is the band. Uh, their, their single, which uh, it doesn't launch for a few more days. I think the ninth, but don't shoot me on that. I, I forgot to write it down. Um, but the, the, the links are in the show notes. This, so this will never be heard before outside of, you know, friends and family of Paige Gray. Um, but we're going to play a little clip of it and then uh, we'll come right back. Mm-hmm. All right. You never let the dust settle You never let the dust settle You never let the dust settle You're wasting your time while the clock spins round
and that's it. That's all you're getting. So if you like to see the rest <laughs> of that, just as it was building. I like that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, Nikki Sibs and the Gray Pages. No. Page Gray <laughs> is the band. Page Gray Music. Uh, Facebook.com slash Page Gray Music. Also there on Instagram at Page Gray Music as well. Yeah, we need a full album. So, so Nick, yeah, Nikki, Sib, Nikki Sibs and the Sibians. Yeah. So the, yes. that's that's their their first Isn't song. Sibian a sex toy. It is. All right. No, thank let's you. not. Let's not erase <laughs> that from from your memory banks, please. Um, use the flux capacitor. Um, <laughs> yes. Whatever. No fucking way. <laughs> so thanks, Nick, for letting us listen yeah, to music. Thanks, buddy. thanks, Paige Gray, for letting Nick share his music, and uh, we love you all the longest of times. So yep. Ready to go further up? Love further you in? very much, Long Tim. You want to talk about this beer real quick? Oh, yeah, sure. It's um, awesome. Uh, it's from Burnham. No. <laughs> you don't need the music, Michael. Uh, it's from Burnham. Oh, that's scary. Uh, Burnham Brewing up in Michigan City. Yeah, it's really um, good. It's called 14 Buck Chuck. Mm-hmm. It's an American pale ale. And this is, I did a flight when we visited there. And this was the number one of the five I had. This was the best one by far. It was really freaking good. Yep. It's really light and a little sweetness and... Just really, you could really just it's pound the shit really, out of this. It's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. Cool. L- low on the bitterness. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like a normal bitter pale ale. It's, yep. Yeah. Good. All right. Let's go uh, further up, further in. Here we go. Further up, further up, further in. Yeah. Yeah. It's good, buddy. So take us away here, Matt. Well, mm. so we did a little different, something different this week. Um, Matt was our um, what a, journalist on the road. I was, was your, a, I was your ideas man, Michael. He was no. like, I proved that he was <laughs> our foofy Sherpa this week. He was the uh, what do you call that guy? The journalist who's on the on the street, our man on the street, <laughs> Matt, the man on the street, mm-hmm, something like that. Um, so uh, mm. one of our listeners just uh, talked to me about. Um, doing an episode on chronic illness. Yeah. Because we have a number of people mm-hmm. in the pub, especially, and I'm sure in our listener base, that yeah. have chronic illnesses, chronic pain, that yep. kind of thing, and how that affects spirituality. Let me put a little plug in here. We actually have a uh, a, a side group in the pub yes. for people yeah. with, with chronic One of our uh, first illnesses. ones, actually, I think. Yep. It was one of was our it really? First, I think yeah. it was. I, don't I think I knew of the mm-hmm. existence of yeah. that, actually. Yep. Cool. So I know there's a number of people in the pub that deal with it. For chronic um, pain, specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Physical pain, yeah. to be exact. Um, and so... Uh, my idea was to talk to three people who have dealing with chronic pain or some kind of chronic illness. Excuse me. Oh, that was the beer. No, it's a very belchy beer. It's yeah. Very gassy beer. Um, and so we talked to uh, Eugenie, whose name we've been mispronouncing for two and a half years. Yeah, Eugenie, really? Mm-hmm. Eugenie, Eugenie Bauman. Eugenie, mm-hmm. yeah. Eugenie Bauman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eugenie Bauman. Mm-hmm. Man, we <laughs> nope. really fucked that yeah, up. We did <laughs> so close, yeah. and yet so far. I uh, literally wrote a song for her yes, you in did. which I called her e- Eugenie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Eugenie's got a gun. Eugenie's got a gun. taking her fishing. <laughs> she was eight years old. What the fuck are you singing? Johnny's daddy. Johnny, what? What? No, Johnny's, you know, I don't you care. Can we move no. On? Little girl came through the front gate. I have no idea what you're talking about, but I want pole. you to fucking stop. All right. So anyway, so I interviewed her. <laughs> God damn it. I feel bad. Interviewed, Sorry, Interviewed uh, Abby Kelly Hands. Yes. 
and then Meg Naughton. Catch these Cali hands. <laughs> Motherfuckers. You want to throw fists? <laughs> all right, go ahead. And Meg Naughton. <clears throat> so uh, they all had different things they were dealing with, so I interviewed all three of them yeah. for about yeah, 15, 20 minutes apiece, yeah. somewhere in there. So we're going to play uh, one. Who are we playing first? Uh, whoever you said. You said Eugenie. Eugenie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In the order I did them, right? Okay. <clears throat> sure. So we're going to play hers first, and then the three of us will just take a few minutes and just... I've got a few yep. comments about the interview. We've all listened to this ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll do uh, the other two in the same way. We'll do an interview, then talk about it for a minute, and then just not really wrap it up at the end, but maybe yeah. wrap it up a little bit at the wiki, end. Wiki, wiki. So. All right. Yep. Yeah. Rap right. sash coming up. Yep. All right. Here here we go. Here, Take it away. Matt, man on the street. <laughs> Hi, Eugenie. Hi there, Matt. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> thank good. you. Uh, thank you for agreeing to do this. My pleasure. We're, Thank uh, you for we're, asking me. Yeah, we're trying something new with the pastors this week. Um, we're sort of uh, farming out our foofy, I guess. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> so let's just do this. We've got about 15 or 20 minutes here. Um, so we're doing a whole thing on chronic illness and spirituality and chronic pain and spirituality um, at the request of somebody who was dealing with that. And so we thought it'd be a good idea to talk to some people who have experience with that sort of thing. Um, so can you talk a little bit about what you kind of deal with and how long you've dealt with it? Sure. Um, I have something called rheumatoid arthritis, which I'm sometimes surprised by how few people know what this is. It's an autoimmune disease where, um, my own immune system attacks my joints. It can also attack other organs, the lungs, the heart. Um, for me, luckily I've, not had a problem there. Um, and mostly it, it, the big, the big three of, of symptoms are pain, sort of body wide pain, mm-hmm. um, chronic fatigue, although it's different from chronic fatigue syndrome and also, um, a brain fog, which oh, okay. can be sort of a, um, an inability to form sentences like just now, <laughs> uh, an inability to, to quite grasp what's going on um, in a way that's not, um, I don't know how to describe this. It's, it's, I guess what it sounds like, a brain fog, that things are a little bit cloudy, um, which makes life interesting. <laughs> right, so you can, like, com- completing thoughts is kind of difficult, or you might be in the middle of something, and it just kind of, your brain just decides to fart out for a minute. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It, it sounds like what Beth sort of dealt with with chemo. They have what's called chemo brain, and that's that's legitimately a real thing, apparently. It does. It, I do believe that they are similar in yeah. terms of in terms of the results. And so you just, I mean, you just finished school, correct? I did. I graduated from seminary in June. Well, congratulations, and, first of all. I haven't said that officially. Um, but how? I mean, I mean, that had to have made things slightly more difficult, right? Oh yeah, um, for sure. Well, actually, depend it, from where I came from, I had practiced law for about 21 years right. before um, before going to seminary, and I'd been diagnosed maybe eight or ten years ago. Although um, I've probably had rheumatoid arthritis all my life, and looking back on things, I can see where where I've dealt with it. But practicing law became almost impossible for me Um, because basically, you know, brain fog, number one, is not really consistent with a high level thought process that you need for litigation. (sighs) And 
and exhaustion and billable hours don't go together very well. Um, so seminary was almost like a vacation for me. <laughs> it was so much easier than than you, you might practicing. be the first person to ever say that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I miss seminary. People make fun of me that I'm such a school geek that I just, I absolutely miss it terribly. I'm sure. So, I mean, so with the, I mean, with all this, these symptoms, did it sort of come on gradually or was it more of like all of a sudden you had this thing that you, and you didn't work sure what it was necessarily? I mean, especially with the brain fog, I could see that being the thing that would be way more concerning. I mean, the physical stuff, obviously, but you know, the brain fog, not being able to sort of complete a thought or to, you know, be able to do anything like that. Was that, did that come on gradually or was that like a instantaneous thing? It was very gradual for me. It was something that I couldn't get my arms around for the longest time. Uh, and my sister, growing up, my sister had rheumatoid arthritis from, you know, the moment I was born. Um, she was 15 years older than me. Um, so I knew what I was looking for. I knew that rheumatoid arthritis was a likelihood when things started to go sideways with the brain fog and with um, really excessive pain. But it took a long time to get a doctor on board with <laughs> figuring out what it was, you know. So yeah. I, I spent a long time in symptoms without without much help. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, let me think. I was going to ask. I just lost my train of thought, too. Um, it's catching. So, yeah, apparently. Apparently it's contagious. Um so, I mean, the fit, like what kind of physical, I mean, you said, you know, it's kind of body wide pain is like, like an odd, like just a constant thing, or is it like a, it kind of comes and goes? It comes and goes. And there are, um, what I tend to have problems with my hands and my feet on a regular basis on an almost daily basis, but then, um, it'll switch around to different joints right now. My elbows are huh. <laughs> not working the way they're supposed to. Um, but rheumatoid arthritis tends to have a flare-up period and sort of a remitting period where it's not so bad. And um, I go, they go in waves, but okay. sometimes I have more pain than, than others. So, I mean, what effect does this have on you sort of, I mean, I mean, I imagine that's got to be like <laughs> to have days where you're just like, you can barely even move or you can barely even hold a thought, like that has to be emotionally draining, right? It is. It, you know, they say that the exhaustion and the chronic fatigue is part of it, but um, really it's it gets you depressed, and then you can't tell the difference between, you know, the symptoms of depression that you're feeling and the symptoms of pain and the symptoms of exhaustion. It all sort of melds together. And um, I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out which came first, the depression, which I've dealt with for a number of years, right. depression or, or chronic illness. And I sort of realized you're never going to figure that out. You know, yeah. um, the only reason we try to figure that out is because depression is so stigmatized. Uh, otherwise, we would just treat it as a symptom of chronic illness um, and as a, as a physical illness that's on par with with the other types of conditions. So I've given up on trying to say, you know, I'm, I have RA and depression. Um, they're both, they're both significant and they both feed on each other. Right. If that makes any sense. Oh, absolutely. As well. I mean, I know, I mean, I know, and it's been well documented on this podcast. I know the, how difficult depression is to deal with just on its own. 
um, you know, depression, anxiety, but to, to tack onto that, like a physical, like a physical illness as well that, I mean, I, I can't, like if I get minorly inconvenienced, I'm like, oh God, and then I'd, I'd break down into a heap of, you know, just depression and tears and, you know, I'm sucking my thumb in the corner. But like to have to, I, I can't imagine trying to deal with a physical, like an ongoing physical thing like that. And, and that's why I was so interested in this conversation because that, I mean, that has to like take a toll on you spiritually at some point, right? Oh, I, oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that if you don't let it impact your spirituality, you're not paying attention right. to either, you know, um, it's hard to hold the idea in your head that we've all been sold of a purely loving God. Um, and I still hold it. It's, I don't mean to say we've been sold it, that it's not true, but it's, it's hard to hold in your, in your mind, the idea of a purely loving God, a purely omniscient an omnipotent God with misery and pain. I've had yeah. to um, develop really a sort of a spirituality of um, and a theology of suffering that that looks at God as one, you know, as a fellow traveler in in pain, as um, as a a being, an entity that that travels along and feels feels the pain, not something that causes the pain. It's not, I don't believe in a, in a, an angry God, a vengeful God. Uh, but neither can I believe in a fairy dust God because right. I've, um, I've suffered too much for that. Yeah. Right. So you're, so, you're basically holding it, holding God in the middle, like the tension between those two extremes. Constantly, constantly trying to figure that out. And, I think that we all are on that spectrum of trying to figure that out, but I've been forced to deal with it, if that makes sense. Right. I mean, you're, you know, there's, you know, when we talked about, I mean, we've quoted Richard Rohr often, the two great teachers are great love and great suffering. But when I think of suffering, I think of it in terms of like a sort of an existential thing um, or like a, like a periodic, occasionally something bad happens or you go through a bad season, but I've never really thought of it in terms of having to live in the, like a constant day to day way that you do with, you know, just ongoing pain. That's probably, I mean, not going to end. I mean, like, I mean, it can be treated to some extent, but I mean, it's something you're really going to have to live with from now until forever. Right. 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 I, I don't expect, um, healing of it. I don't expect it to go away. Um, but I've learned very much to live with it. I, I don't consider it um, a terrible thing that I have to live with. I, I consider it a teacher. I know that sounds, you know, a little bit too, too um, happy, clappy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but I have learned to accept, you know, it, as a part of myself that's, that's creative of who I am. Right. You know, it it makes me the person that I am. It makes me empathetic in a way that I probably wouldn't be. Um, it makes me willing to um, to be present for people in chaplaincy, which is what I'm doing now. Yeah. Uh, in a way that I that I wouldn't. But yeah, I I can definitely get down. Um, sometimes thinking I have another forty years, God willing, of this. <laughs> but, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean. 
I, I guess, let me just ask this. I mean, why hold on to God at all? Like, why? I mean, it would be so easy. I, I, and speaking from my side, what I would expect my experience to be, it would be really easy to to jettison the whole thing and go, okay, this just, it's just not going to, it's not doing it for me. Um, I, you know, I, I guess I hold expectations of God that maybe I shouldn't, and maybe that's where my idea comes from, that I would just jettison the whole thing. But why, why hold on to him at all or her or, um, it? Yeah. Um, I guess to quote Brokeback Mountain, I just can't quit you. You know, I, <laughs> I, I've tried. I, I didn't, I wasn't raised in a religious home. So in a sense, I had a choice more than some of my, um, my friends and our, definitely our, our pub family that, that were raised in strict homes right. really couldn't, you know, had to either get away or, um, you know, deconstruct. I never, I never deconstructed because I was born sort of unconstructed right. in that sense. And I think my relationship with God, not to get too Protestant on you, um, but... <laughs> you having coffee with Jesus today? I, absolutely. <laughs> um, if he's lying. Um, <laughs> but, you know, um, I forged my relationship with God in the context of a life that has not been that easy. Um, and I, I'm referring, you know, to the time before I was diagnosed when I knew there was a problem, but I didn't know what it was. Um, I haven't been religious for, you know, more than say 15 years. Um, and so, so I've, it's always been there. It's always been a part of my, my understanding of God has been a, a, an imperfect picture. Right. I don't have been burdened by that perfect picture of God that some of us have. Yeah, I mean, you were able to construct, you, you didn't have to, to tear the house down or move anything out. You were able to build from scratch what you wanted. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I, I, I'm wondering what the, I mean, I don't know, I, we could probably take a survey, I guess, but I wonder what the percentage of people who listen to this podcast and who are in the pub that had that kind of experience. I know there are a few, um, who didn't didn't have to tear anything down? They didn't have to escape anything. They didn't have to you know burn the house down, so to speak. Um, and and I can see where in a situation like yours with the the chronic pain and stuff, being able to do that to build it up in such a way in the midst of your life and not have to like tear everything down and then rebuild it in the midst of your life, which I think would add. All, I think that's where I would struggle is all the things that I grew up with and the view of God that I grew up with, I think, I think is still rattling around inside my head and having to sort of push that to the edges, whereas you didn't have to do that at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. I had sort of a flipped experience where um, my family lost their mind because I became religious. They thought <laughs> I had, had just gone crazy. Um, and so I had a, a reconstruction really of my thinking um, in a more religious context than I had grown up in, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a tearing down. It was, yeah. it was a building onto. Um, so I do think that that's been much easier for me. Uh, yeah, I would imagine it's what Paul talked about with, you know, the renewal of the mind. Like it's, it's completely changing your, your view of the world and you were, you were able to do that 
with everything all at once instead of having to change your view of religion and then change your view of the world, which I think a lot of people had to go through. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, and I, I think I would be criticized by this for this by some people, but I sort of took a Alcoholics Anonymous approach to it where you take what you like and leave the rest. Um, yeah. doesn't make me a cafeteria Christian so much as, as one who, who looked at each piece as I took it on. And um, I never took on an idea of, of a God that punishes you when you've done it wrong and loves and accepts you when you've done it right. Um, I, I came in sort of already, um, already injured in a way. So I, huh. I, I don't know if that makes sense. Um, yeah, it does. So I think that the brokenness aspect of of Christianity appealed to me. The idea of an embodied God who suffered um, was was a plus for me. Was something I could really relate to. That's and, fantastic. I love that. You know. So. Yeah, I yeah I think that's a good place to end because I really like that idea. Um, because I think a lot for a lot of people, I think for me, um, you know, the idea of talk, the talk of a suffering God is, is, is a way I'm coming around to it more now, having, you know, watched Beth go through cancer and, and all of that. Um, the idea that the suffering always seemed like, well, it's just supposed to make you feel good, but it's not really a reality. Whereas you have lived that reality and came right. to God with that reality where I, I, it's something I would have to learn in right. that, in that, to do that, if that were in my situation. So, um, I love that. I think that's fantastic. Excellent. Uh, thank you very, very much for this. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been amazing. Well, fangirls dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> you, you need, you need to aim higher is what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to Bishop Curry next week. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> That would be amazing, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much, Matt. And we're back. Hey. Good job, are. Matt. Good job with your energy <laughs> skills. Good, good talk. Yep. <laughs> that was uh, some... This has been This Week Tonight with yes. Matt Polly. Stay tuned for next interview. I loved Eugenie's voice. Yes. I was. I was not expecting... A San Diegan to sound like that. <laughs> she doesn't live in San Diego. Well, so. she's from San Diego. No, she's from San Francisco. San Francisco. Same thing. Nope. Nope. God's not, even not even close. God's not even country. close. <laughs> Where are you sure she's not from yes. San Diego? I'm pretty sure she's from San Francisco. Double Spanish for whale's vagina. <laughs> Settled by the Germans. Okay. Well, I take it back. I didn't expect a Californian to, to have such a... A nice soothing what voice. What were you expecting her to sound like, Michael? I don't know. Hey, hey mate. Hey, this is you, Janie. <laughs> I don't know. It was very... It, I, I just know. finished seminary. It's <laughs> pleasantly surprised. All these voices are... are, are they're not the, the, the voices I expected. What did you expect? No, just don't. I, okay, yeah. We're not going to crawl yeah. down that rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, okay, so what you got? Um... Well, I loved her voice. <laughs> okay, you've made that clear, Michael. Okay, uh, I, I really connected with her story a lot. Um, so I have been diagnosed with chronic fatigue immune deficiency syndrome myself. 
Uh, I also have. How did I not know this? How do you not know that? I don't know. I have an immune deficiency. You didn't know that? I get no, sick all I the time. Every 30 well, seconds. I knew you were sick all the time. Yeah, I, have, I didn't yeah. know you. I thought it was just because you were sick all the time. Well, th- th- now you know. <laughs> the more you know. Yeah, indeed. Uh, yeah. So I was diagnosed with that when I was, I think, 14. Um, yeah. So, um, and then also I've diagnosed with chronic headaches, which you, you knew yeah, that. Yeah, I did yeah. know that. Yeah, right. yeah. So, so I understand the exhaustion and the fogginess as well that she mentions. And I think fogginess is something that gets brought up quite a bit. Yeah. All three so all mentioned of these, it, yeah. which I found interesting when, when Meg talked about it. I was like, holy shit, all three people talked about yeah. it. Yeah. That's actually why I was homeschooled. Spoiler alert. Um, starting in sixth grade because I got that diagnosis and it was just easier to yeah. make a schedule around right. when I wasn't dying. Right. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> so. there's, there is that. Um, and then another thing I really connected with what Eugenie said, Eugenie said, um, <laughs> was the cons- consider it a teacher. She considers it a teacher. Yeah, man, that's a, that is a really hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking during all of these when I was listening, but especially during this one, I mean, chronic pain, like, yeah, where you're just, I mean, I've, I've known a couple people in my life with RA and like they will wake up some mornings and just everything hurts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the, the, for me personally, I would, I don't know if I could get into the, I mean, it would take a long time to get into the headspace of this is a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Because I would just take it as this is some bullshit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like just constant nagging pain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that you have to, like, you can't just erase. I think we'll get into a little bit more with, with Meg's story later on, just about this isn't something that just goes away. Yes. So, yeah. And I, along those lines, you know, she talked about God as a fellow traveler in pain. I mean, for her, that's literally every day. Yeah. So, um, I, what I found is that, you know, when we talk about, and I mentioned this in an interview, when we talk about God you know, the great teacher being suffering, one of the great teachers being suffering. I've always thought of that as like, you know, an existential suffering or a, a temporary seasonal yeah. things are kind of bad. Yeah. That kind of yeah. thing. Your wife has cancer. Yeah. But to actually have, to actually hold that idea as your reality every day yeah. is a whole different animal on something that isn't going to be healed. Right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like right. it's it's a it's yeah. a disease where you just manage it. It isn't yeah. a thing where it's like I mean, outside of them at some point coming up with a weird Yeah. Some sort of something that actually can cure it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you can't you can't hold on to that hope. Exactly. That's the thing. Right. You really can't mm-hmm. hold on to that yeah. hope and um it's something that you have to to make it's part of your daily life. So you have to think about um the checks and balances of of if I do this, this is going to mean this later on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you're like, that's why I don't do a whole lot of late nights because I don't, I have to get sleep. It's gotta be a priority. Um, and if I don't, then, um, you know, I'll be fucked. I'll get sick. I'll literally get sick. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think that's, I really liked her, her story because, um, yeah, I just I hadn't thought of it as a teacher, and when she said it, I was like, "Oh shit, yeah." Well, yeah. I mean, God, I mean said, it's, it's it's like any suffering can be a teacher, but it's one thing to be able to just say suffering is one of the great teachers. You know, like Roar says, "Great mm-hmm. love and great suffering are right. the two great teachers." It's one thing to say that 
It's another thing to live that when you have a, an illness like RA, yeah. where it's chronic, it's most likely for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, the, yeah. Like, I don't know. I, you, well, Jamie, I mean, she, I mean, move, she, you should be a pastor in Indiana. You should move here. <laughs> I mean, like, she, she made the comment that God embodies suffering. Yeah. That's literally what's happening yes. in her body. Yes. That God is embodying her suffering. Yes. You know, I mean, the Christ living in all people. But, but once again, that's an easy thing to mentally assent yes. to as we sit around a table not dealing with RA. But for her to do it in the midst of it is really, I yeah. don't know, for me, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. I was really impressed with that, inter- yeah. that interview. And there's one other thing. It's not quite as related to the pain, but, you know, she talked about how she didn't really have to deconstruct. Yeah. Which I think probably helped with yes. dealing with God versus the pain. Yeah. Um, you know, she basically built from scratch what she wanted. She didn't have to, she didn't have to tear anything down. She didn't have to move out furniture. Yeah. Yep. She built it up from what she, yeah, what she wanted it to be. And so right. that it becomes easier, not easier, but it becomes, you can, you can incorporate that into yes. your building. Yes. Yeah. Because it's already a part of your yes. life. So yeah. Yeah. Lenny's looking for something. I don't know. <laughs> So are we are we good? Should we move to the next one? Yeah, let's All right, go to the next cool. one. Let's do that. Next one is uh, Al, Abby Kelly. Hands. I almost said Abby Kelly. I Abby almost Kelly called Hands. her. I did her well. Allie, Allie Kelly, Kelly Hands, bitch. Allie Kebby Hands. <laughs> let's throw fist, bitch. <laughs> this is what she. Says. You really expect me to not push you up against the wall, bitch? <laughs> Hi, Abby. Hi Matt, how are you? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm hot and sweaty. Thank you. Um, Good times. Yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's everybody's favorite Minnesota hockey mom, uh, Abby Kelly Hands. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm just so <laughs> dash, darn excited to be here. We're gonna talk about all the things now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any coffee in bars, though. That's unfortunate. Um, you just got to come up here. We'll get to the Lutheran Church, and you can go ahead and dance them. It'll be so great. <laughs> oh, this is why we're friends. Okay. Um, awesome. Yeah, we could actually just do that for like a half an hour. I think people would listen to it. People would think I was for real. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just do the whole interview like that. Okay. Um, so we're doing the whole thing on... Uh, uh, chronic illness and spirituality, which was your idea, I believe. Um, so kudos to you for that. Uh, it's a whole new, different foofy segment. We're farming it out to uh, uh, people who know things about stuff that we don't. Oh man, the pressure's on, huh? <laughs> it is, yeah. So, uh, can you um, talk about <laughs> the various illnesses that you have? <laughs> And uh, how long, how long, just give us a general overview and how long you've kind of been dealing with this stuff. Yeah. So, so what's like really difficult about, um, about what I have going on is that no one put it together for a really long time. So I had all of these really weird things that would happen. Um, and we just kind of talked everything up to, Oh, that's just me, you know, sort of thing. So it would be like, um, I really struggled with nutrition when I was a kid. Uh, Like, um, I couldn't gain weight. Um, it was, yeah, that was really difficult for me. I had like a ton of skin sensitivities. I had like chronic, um, 
like ear infections, sinusitis, uh, tonsillitis, um, some of those things. Uh, And then um, in my early 20s, well, and throughout all of that as well, like I would randomly, like my one side of my jaw would dislocate and uh, like my hips are, I'm just like the most insanely flexible person you've ever met. And so, but it would like, but it would like cause injury eventually. Yeah. And so it was just like the super weird, all this kind of weird stuff. I, um, I had a really hard time with, uh, I would, it, and this has gotten a lot worse as I've gotten older, but like I would get lightheaded really easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just like, Oh, you just have really low blood pressure sort of thing. So then in my twenties, um, I found out that I had endometriosis. Um, and so that was like, a you know, huge part of my life in my twenties. And then, um, when I was 29, um, due to the endometriosis, I had a hysterectomy and in that, when I had that, I ended up, I had hives and like would not stop throwing up for about a month. Oh my gosh. It was horrific. I was so sick and I had started getting really, really sick in like February of that year. And then they just kept saying, we just need to get you to June. Then you can, uh, sorry, I was getting a FaceTime call there <laughs> from my husband. <laughs> um, they, they just kept telling me like, oh, you just need to get, um, you need to have a hysterectomy and everything will get better. So it was like, end the school year, have a hysterectomy in June, all of your problems will be solved. And it didn't happen. I just kept getting sicker and sicker. So then in, um, in, July, I had two different surgeries on like my esophagus. Um, and then they went down into my, um, uh, they, they took my appendix out. And then in August, um, they were like pretty confident that it was, um, my, uh, gallbladder. And so they went to go do that. They got in and they're like, Oh, I think you're fine. I don't think it's your gallbladder. And then, the, and then the doctor at that point told me, um, that like, I think, I think you're just crazy. I think like you're, you're making this up and you're making yourself throw up because you like attention. I was like, oh, no, well, no, that's, that's not it. This is not fun for me. Like, this is not great. So, um, and then before all of this, I had had this really horrific pregnancy with my daughter and I was sick all the time. I could keep no food down. Um, I gained like, I think seven pounds my whole pregnancy. Like I was, I was, yeah, it was really rough. And then I had a horrific C-section that like I ended up um, they had a emergency put me all the way out in the middle of the C-section because I couldn't stabilize. And wow. so like all of this stuff kind of added up and then I, and I kept, you know, getting highs and doing all this stuff and throwing up and my amazing general practitioner that I still see all the time. Um, she sent me to mail mm-hmm. mail clinic in, in Rochester, Minnesota, which is about two hours from where I am. And, um, I got there and he's just like, uh, my amazing immunologist guy that I, I saw, um, he was like, okay, well I'm going to, 
I want you to tell me every weird, crazy thing that has happened your entire life because I need to see the bigger picture. So I told him all of that stuff. And he looked at me and he's like, I think you have mast cell activation syndrome. And I was like, okay, I'd never even heard of it. Like, cool. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. Like, okay. I was like, but can you fix it? Like, yeah. That was my bottom line. Yeah. Um, and I walked out of there. I had two tests done that day. And I walked out of there and he said, we'll, we'll get the test results in a week. And if it is this, then here's our 12-step action plan. Wow. And, uh, I got the test results back. Yep. I definitely had it. And then he's like, okay, well now I want to do a genetic test because there's a link between mast cell activation syndrome and people who are of like, have a really high percentage of like a Germanic root. Um, so it's really fun fact. Um, Germans have like 17% of the German population has, um, a mast cell disorder of huh. some sort. I did not know so that. So it's this weird, yeah, it's a super weird thing. So he did a genetic test with me, and he found out that I have this weird little um, genetic mutation that causes mast cell activation syndrome, um, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which has to do with, like, your connective tissue, mm. which I can kind of talk about how that affects everything. And then um, I have something called postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, which means I have a really crazy low blood pressure, and I really struggle to, like— um, like when I go from sitting to standing or laying to standing or things like that, then my, my nervous system doesn't like regulate itself well. And so like my blood pressure will drop and then I end up passing out. So it's kind of this weird little hodgepodge, but anyway, yeah. So I've been in, um, I've been in treatment with them. We're coming up on the third year anniversary in October. And that is the end of, I'm in this really intensive, um, uh, kind of training program with them on how to do the, like the day to day management of my disease. And so I do a ton of check-ins right now. I have a mail phone that I, um, I'm in contact with them twice a day right now. Um, and then in October it'll be over and then it'll be up to me over all of this stuff that I have learned over the last couple of years that then I will be, um, I will have to kind of manage things on my own. So, so anyway, yeah, that's kind of the the big picture of <laughs> how all that is going. But it's uh, yeah, it's intense. So, I'll let, we we can let everybody look up all of those those medical things that you yes. can get the specifics. But needless yep. to say, there's there's a lot of shit going on. <laughs> There is. I just won the genetic mutation lottery <laughs> for that one. So, <laughs> uh, so there's some of like a hashtag, like the German mutant or something. Like yeah, that. exactly. Oh, right. that in. So everybody, yeah, everybody absolutely. playing along at home, German mutant <laughs> is the new hashtag. Um, so, you know, with October coming up, like, what is that? Like, that has to be mentally like, well, what is that doing to you mentally, knowing you, you're going to try to take care of this? sort of manage this on your own? Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely intense. The, um, the thing, I think the biggest thing that I've had to battle with through all of this is learning to trust myself and being okay with the fact that I have needs and that I'm different than other people. Mm -hmm. And that like the expectations for me are really different and to be okay with that and, and to just like, live into that. Um, so a lot of times 
if I'm having a really hard time with my, you know, we call them allergies, even though that's not exactly how it is, but, um, but how that manifests is, um, is like really intense fatigue. Mm -hmm. So I'll be going along and I will start to react to something. And I suddenly get so tired that I like, I lose track of where I am sort of like, I get really kind of cloudy and I'm just like, brain fog. And it's like every inch of my entire body hurts. Like it's the weirdest thing ever. And so when those sorts of things happen, then it becomes really, really, really important for me to just like, listen to myself. Um, and that's definitely something that I've struggled with, um, in terms of, uh, knowing that it's okay, that I am, that, that life looks really different for me. Yeah. And to just stop apologizing for that, you know, (laughs) I, and, and that's been a huge struggle for me, um, kind of along the way is, uh, is to just listen to myself and to, to stop living my life in sort of a reaction to how everybody else feels about it, Mm -hmm. because then that forces me to sort of take some unnecessary risk. And so and it puts, added, that, it puts added pressure on you too, I would assume. Oh my gosh. To make right. everybody like, make why? everybody else comfortable, whereas you need to be focusing on you as opposed to everybody else. Right. And that, you know, that sort of um, goes against my natural setting. I'm pretty, you know, highly attuned to people. And uh-huh. so the times when I have to just disengage and sort of hermit and not be in contact because I know that I just can't handle that load, right. um, that's what that's really tough for me. That's not how I would, you know, if I were the healthiest version of myself, that's not how I would want to live my life. Yeah. Um, Is there, you know, you mentioned the, you know, the really trying to learn to focus on yourself. Is there part of you that sort of, and maybe in the past more so than now that lived in a little bit of denial, like I can be quote unquote normal. Like I can do all the normal things, even though, you know, there's no freaking way you can do that. (laughs) It's you are reading my mail, Matthew Polly. That is the story (laughs) of my life. That that is my biggest like struggle across the board is, um, is sort of living in denial about what this means for me. And so, um, I really, there are so many times where I'm like, Oh, it wouldn't be that bad if I did da, 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 or it wouldn't be that bad if I ate da, 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 da. And then I can eat this entire loaf of bread and everything will be fine. (laughs) Uh, I definitely won't be throwing up and covered in mud. Good. (laughs) So, yeah. So it's, it, you know, it's that kind of stuff, even, even like, okay, I can't stay up until three o'clock in the morning. That's just not like a thing for me. I need to go to bed. I need sleep. I, I do so much better in my own environment. So, you know, it's inviting people into my space instead of going to other people's space. Cause I can't control if they right. are, you know, fastidious cleaners or if they have pets or if, you know, um, a peanut has set, somehow set foot in their house at some point in yeah. the last 50 years. And so, <laughs> so it just becomes like this intense thing where I have to put myself before others, which I think even goes into spirituality in such a big way, because we are taught from the time that we are little yeah. kids that we have to go into this life of self-sacrifice to serve others the way that Jesus served. And so we want to apply 
Jesus's abilities to our own, which is just like the most ridiculous. The Son of God didn't have a, ger- a Germanic mutation. Come on, <laughs> right? <laughs> Wait, is it Jesus white? And yeah, yeah, I know, right? European? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Blonde hair, blue <laughs> Can we eyes. Say definitively. <laughs> yeah, just an Aryan wet dream. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, so we just, yeah, I mean, it, it, it has been a mental battle. It's been an emotional battle. It's been a spiritual battle to just come to terms with like the physical realities of this. So if, if I want to love people, then I have to be okay with engaging in ways that are okay for me to engage in ways that are not going to like exhaust me and kill me. In the right. I have to uh, learn to take on mental loads um, uh, in ways that are that in jobs that I can do if I need to work from home um, in things that I can put down easily. So like I had started as a classroom teacher and if I have direct involvement with kiddos, I can't put that down. (laughs) That is not something that I can do. I, I'm going to give every fiber of my being to making sure that everything is as good as possible for them. You'll run yourself into the ground to make it happen. A hundred percent. Yep. And I, and I had started doing that. Like when I, I started getting sick even before I had had surgery. Um, and, and I absolutely believe that that was what it was, you know? And so then it was moving into more, you know, an assessment type position where then I'm, I can, I'm still working on deadlines, but I can work home from home a lot. Um, and now I'm a special education coordinator, which means I deal with a lot of sped law and, you know, answering emails and training teachers and that sort of thing. And so, so that's something I can easily like put off where it's like, okay, if I'm going to do a Google slide presentation, I can do that from bed (laughs) and that's fine. (laughs) So, So it just, it's such a battle of like, uh, finding, uh, finding I like the new identity of what it means to live with this disease. And I, and I think it is such a stage of grieving as well. And that's such a significant part of like, okay, what does this mean moving forward? What, how does my life live? What are the things that I'm never going to be able to do again? Like how, how can I, how can I live a life that is uh, still committed to the values that I hold while still being kind to myself and loving myself yeah. and, and, and being myself and, and knowing that it's okay to be the person that I am in the midst of all of this. So it's definitely a, it's a battle. Yeah. Let me, <laughs> let me ask this and we're like 18 minutes or so. I wanna, okay. I'm trying to keep them somewhat normal. Like I said, we'll, you and I will probably have a conversation yeah. after this. So, so oh, what, sure. I mean, I imagine in the midst of this, like you grow, I mean, you grew up spiritual with, in some kind of, you know, grip German Catholic. So, I mean, there was, you know, some, there was spirituality sort of ingrained in you. Um, what, why, why hold on to any of this? I mean, like at some point you have to go, okay, God, uh, eat a fat bag of dicks. Like why, <laughs> like why, why me? Why this? I mean, that, that would be my reaction because I'm, I just complain about everything. So, um, you know, if I rip a toenail off, I'm like, why, Lord, why, why all this suffering? Why has cast me down into the, um, you know, why, why hold on to any of it? 
Yeah, that's um, that. I think that 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 question is really interesting. In that 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 has been a direct battle um, for me spiritually, um, and and I grew up in this just bizarre kind of mix of. Um, Charismania and Catholicism, that's, and you wouldn't you wouldn't think that there would mix. be much of yeah, yeah. the intersection of those two things yeah. is is a very particular uh, substance. <laughs> so, <laughs> and add a, a German mother in there, and you get the full picture of my childhood. But um, so there's a lot yeah. of talk of angry shouting and dancing. Oh, sweet baby Jesus, you have no idea. Yeah, well, rough. (laughs) But like, yeah, so, so that, I think that, that, that goes exactly to the picture of how Jesus has been represented to, to, to me, because in the midst of all of that, I battled, I, I was, I had internalized all of that. Mm. It was like, oh my God, this is my fault. This, you know, that that this is like what's happening to me. Um, Part of having Ehlers-Danlos is a, it's a connective tissue disease. And so like your, your uterus is like a, is prone to organ rupture. I had a perforated uterus. I had like all of these things happening that were making it almost next to impossible for me to have a baby. And so in the midst of that, it was, you know, all of this old Testament bullshit judgment stuff from people surrounding me. And, and then it was like, Oh my God, my entire identity as a woman, my entire identity as a wife, as you know, Mm -hmm. all of this, like all of these sort of prescribed roles that we have to play in, you know, in spirituality, in the church, in the Christian, in America, you know, all of these things are, you know, were coming down on me. And I really had, have had to do battle with like, okay, so my life may not look like how other Christian women's lives look. I may not be able to have all the babies in the whole world. (laughs) I, you know, I just feel incredibly lucky to have the one that I do have. Mm And so it just, as as I've waded through that, I've realized so much of that is about how Jesus was represented to me, and not who actually Jesus proved Himself to be. Right, um, and that that has been my saving grace, and all, all of that is that as I have um, come to sort of um, let go of of the. Um, the visions of Jesus that were given to me, I was able to really like understand who he really was and that he absolutely would love me (laughs) in the state that I am in. And he, he would not cast any sort of judgment on me. And he, you know, he's right there in the midst of all of that. Um, And so, you know, as even, you know, through deconstruction, then it becomes about, Okay, it, you know, I I absolutely believe in love. That that is the biggest, most beautiful. That's the thing moving all of this forward. And so, mm-hmm. even in that, then okay, what would love do in this? Like, yeah. how could I show up and be loving for someone else? Um, and 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 in what ways have I felt the most loved in my life? And it is absolutely the people who have met me in the depths of my brokenness and right. in my brokenness and my body. It's, you know, my friend calling an ambulance as I'm like bleeding out on the floor. It is, yeah. you know, it is people who have, um, helped 
to watch Claire as I've been recovering from surgery. It is those people who have entered into it with me. And that, that is love. And that is what I am all about. And that's who, that's the thing that I hold on to, I guess, more than, yeah. you know, <laughs> any of that. So <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's a good place to stop, I think. Uh, awesome. Thank you so much. Of course. Yeah. And we're back. Great job, Matt. Thank you. Way to, way to ask the right questions. <laughs> uh, I do gosh. it again. So, Abigail, <laughs> Kelly, Ith, hands, fists. Kelly, Ith, fists. <laughs> I don't think that's right, but that's, that's fine. Um, we, we forgot to mention she met her husband in the Pastor's Pub. Yep. So, um, oh, also, God damn it. I was going to get a disclaimer. She used some very offensive language in that last one. So she um, said some things that are, in my mind, are unforgivable. Kiddo. Fuck that. I knew. When I Stop listened. saying kiddo. When I listened Michael. to it, I laughed knowing that you would say that. Stop saying okay, kiddo. Look, I, I, I get the doggo thing, whatever. <laughs> I'm People, not on board with kiddo. I'm fine with kiddo. I say kiddo all the time. I don't like doggo. Like, I'm with you there, but kiddo is totally fine. No, just stop. Just stop. Just say venti. Yeah. This is your news, just say venti? No, it's just say <laughs> kid. <laughs> stop. This is this is Jude's new stop saying shit. <laughs> stop saying kiddo. All right. Anyway. So So what do you got for that? Uh I she, so she said life looks really different for me. Um so she her her life is oriented around this the the, the onslaught of illnesses she's got. Yeah. Um it's interesting that she has had to change her natural personality for her self-preservation. Um, that's not something we have to deal with. Right. I mean, right. I was, that was, that was kind of what I was struck with too, was the idea that like in some ways <clears throat> she can't be the kind of person that Jesus calls us to be in some way. You know what I'm saying? Like, or the, yeah, the, 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 the self-sacrificial go out and you know what I'm saying? Like, like she just, she's limited in that. Like, yeah. And that's a, once again, that's not something that any of us have to ever think about. Yeah. And I was just really struck by that. Um, you know, one thing that I don't think she mentioned in the interview was that she can eat about what, 17 different foods or something, or it's she's up to, much. Yeah. she's up to 20 list. some, maybe I think she told me at the wedding. I don't remember. At one point she was down to like seven things that she could eat. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, I, to live with any, once again, I was really impressed with the ability to have any sort of faith or any sort of notion of the divine when you live with your, your body literally just attacking you constantly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just, I yeah. don't know. It was, you know, one of the things she said along those lines was um, she's had to learn, and she and I have actually had conversations about this, stop to stop apologizing for how life looks for her. Yes. Yeah. Because it's not it's not convenient for her no because yeah. like she said i can't i i right. can i can host people yes it's hard for me to go places yes. because like she said it could be a peanut that's been there for 50 years or was there 50 years ago <laughs> yeah, that right. might kill yeah. her i mean yeah. like right right or they somebody had a dog i mean so like i mean so she has to be in a very controlled structure yeah 
And and it'd be very easy to apologize for that all the time. Like, I'm sorry, yes. I like this, but like, there's nothing she can do about right. it. So like, right. it's not her fault. So to learn to have to learn to stop apologizing for that, and for anybody else with chronic illness, it's like, look, you have to you have to learn to live life with this illness, with this pain. Yeah. So you adjust your life accordingly right. to it, and people can deal with it or they can fuck off. Yes. I mean, fuck off if you don't like it. Go find another friend. That was friend. what I thought was really cool about the wedding was how everybody accommodated that. Well, yeah. Like, it was totally cool with yep. accommodating that. Yep. Um, That's why I couldn't go is because I, I typically <laughs> bathe in peanut oil. So, yes. Well, it's funny you say that because when we had the party here at your house, I she it was the first time I had seen her and she started to come up to give me a hug. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. I just want you to know I bathed in peanut butter before I came over. And she just stopped and looked at me. I was, I'm just kidding. You're horrible. I am an asshole. It's my Friday. It's my Friday afternoon ritual. It is my Friday afternoon yeah. ritual. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things she said that, and I would, I hate to say that it's a blessing. It's not a blessing, but it's something that we can learn from this is that she said that she can't live in denial. There are parts of her life that she can't be in denial about. Mm -hmm. And so she, she's had to set up real boundaries um, in order to not exhaust herself. Yes. Um, so imagine if, if we didn't live in denial, we're all living in denial for something. Yeah. You know, we're all uh, not true to ourselves. There's a, I posted on, on Twitter this week, everything on the internet is a show. Because yep. literally everything on the internet is, is, is meant to be a projection. It's all propaganda. It's all propaganda for, mm -hmm. for the projection you want to show of who you are. Yep. Not necessarily who you are, yes. but what you want to show. Yes. Um, so she can't do that in one aspect of her life. I'm sure there's other ways she can, she can live in denial, you know, but, mm -hmm. but that said, like if, if we could, learn one thing from this it's that we it's possible to live in a in, in a reality where you're honest with yourself yeah. about what's going on mm -hmm. and if, if you can do that then you can really start working on structures to get to, to deliver a more full life yep so yep. well and a couple of things she said that are sort of interrelated one was that um self-sacrifice isn't really always an option with chronic illness. Yeah. Like you can't just suck it up and do something because you might not be able to. Yeah. I mean, it really could yeah. affect you. It could right. kill you. I mean, yeah, sure. And, and along those lines, you know, if you talk about your ministry or your work or whatever term you want to use for what you do, yep. um, it has to be done within a specific context. Like yeah. here are the boundaries I have to have. Yep. If I'm going to do this job effectively yep. or this ministry effectively or whatever it is, um, you know, and people can look at that and go, well, you're just not pushing hard enough. It's like, no, I could die if you like, I could literally die if I do too much. Yeah. Like I have to have very, I can do this work and I will yeah. do it with a hundred percent of myself. But there's some days where I only have 20% of myself. Yeah. I will give you that 20%, but that's all I have yeah. today. Tomorrow yeah. I might be better yeah. off. I might get better sleep or right. it might be a be I might get yeah. the shot I need or whatever it is, but it might you know, the pain might be less or whatever the illness or pain is. And then, um, but today you get 20 or 25%. That's all I can give you. Yeah. Cause that's right. all I have. And I, I think we can translate that into like, a uh, an interpersonal relationship too. more than, more than just, just physical, but in mental in mental capacity, what that looks like is, you know, creating space for yourself to, to, to say, Hey, I'm at 20%. I'm going to, I'm going to disconnect for a little bit. Yep. I'm going to turn off messenger. I'm going to do this. This yep. is like, just, just for as long as you need, that gives you, that opens the door 
for you to be honest with yourself and say, is this who I am? Am, am I who I really want to be? Um, you know? Yep. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, one more thing about Abby Kelly hands. <laughs> Man, I'm not used to saying that. Abby yet. catch these Kelly hands. <laughs> Their own fists. Um, <laughs> Uh, there will be a pub crawl this weekend in our Patreon. So patreon.com slash pastors podcast. And it's kind of an extended conversation with her and Matt yep. um, about, uh, I don't know. I haven't listened to it yet. So. Well, she, well, she was like, I can't fit everything into 15 minutes. So yeah. hers is actually like 22 minutes, I think. But then we did an extra half hour or so okay. of stuff just to talk about how it affects marriage and how it affects things yeah. like that. So yeah, if you want to check um, that out, cause she is newly married. So yeah. it definitely has an effect on that. Yep. So check it out. Check it out. Uh, Patreon.com slash Pastors Podcast. Five bucks each and ten cents get you nuts. That's right. Five bucks so you can listen to that wonderful conversation I have not It was a good conversation. Yeah. I will listen to it though. Um, (laughs) I swear. Um, So let's swear. Oh my God. The moon and the sky. The stars and the sky. For better. I'll be there. For better. I wish. Till death do us part I love you with every beat of my heart I swear You guys know that a lot better I can't believe Boy, that was a throwback That was weird we both did at the same time Boys to men or John Michael Montgomery? How are we feeling about that? Boys to men Yeah, I agree Boys to men Don't don't ever mention (laughs) Country music and eat my fucking day Don't ever mention J.M.M. again John Mark McMillan? JMM? Him too. He can also <laughs> eat my granddad. I, I love Johnny Mark. I know you do. Johnny, Johnny, Mark, Mark. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, here's here's Meg Naughton. <laughs> Gosh, this feels this, this feels yeah, I know, right? It does. Uh, okay, here we go. Let's 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 do this thing. All right, here we go. Okay, all right, all right, okay. Hello, Meg. How are you? Hey, good. How are you? I'm very good. Uh, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for asking me. I had uh, really two really good conversations yesterday, and I'm looking for a third today, and I assume I will not be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. No pressure at all. Nope, you're fine. Um, <laughs> so can you talk a little bit about um, what you deal with, like as far as chronic illness, chronic pain goes, and how long you've had it and that kind of thing? Sure. Um, so my first diagnosis came when I was 19. Um, I've been experiencing just some strange symptoms and it was really through process of elimination that um they found out my thyroid was wonky so i have hypothyroidism and then after my sons were born um I, i know you already know this both of them have autism and they also have chronic illnesses as well um you know i think i probably have had the things that I now know I have for longer than I was diagnosed with them. I just was so busy taking care of my boys that I wasn't taking care of myself. Right. Um, But within like the last five years, I was diagnosed with a cardiac arrhythmia and fibromyalgia. Oh gosh. Can you, can you explain what, what the hyperthyroidism and the fibromyalgia especially are? Um, Cause I, I sort, I sort of know, but I don't know how many people actually know what that is. Right, because I never really thought about my thyroid until like <laughs> it got flagged in blood work. Yeah, I mean, who does? I mean, honestly, <laughs> no one. <laughs> yeah, 
I think about about, about as much as I think about my appendix. So yeah, exactly. It's kind of something that doesn't affect you on the daily unless it does. Yeah, right. Like in my case, but um, really, I have an underactive thyroid, and so for me, how it affects me is, um, and actually, the way that. I really started to understand that, oh, yes, this is what's making me sick once they told me what was wrong with me, um, is I was just really tired all the time. And, you know, at 19, you really shouldn't be tired. Right. Um, And I was super tired. Like, I couldn't stand up to do a load of dishes tired. Um, So that's one way that it still affects me today. And I know if I'm starting to feel that way, like, I need to go in for blood work. We need to check and make sure. Uh, my medication is right and all of that kind of thing. Um, But it's, you know, it kind of regulates your temperature. So it was funny when I first went to get treated, it was February. I'll never forget it. And I was driving, I drove 40 minutes away to go to the doctor. I had on tights, pants, socks, boots, (laughs) and then a tank top, a t-shirt, a sweater, a wool coat, hat and gloves and a scarf in my car with the heater on driving. And I got to the office and removed all of my layers and my body temperature was 96.2 degrees. Oh my gosh. She said, honey, no wonder you don't feel good. You're practically dead. (laughs) Um, That's that's a little, that's a little disconcerting to hear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A little. Um, but also kind of encouraging because I at least knew I was in a place where someone understood and was going to help me. So right. that was good. Um, it also caused my pulse to be really slow. It was 68 beats per minute. Normal is somewhere in between like, well, they like me to be at between 78 and 88 beats right. per minute. Um, so that was another way. Um, it also can cause brain fog, which it's almost like how we were talking about the humidity, how you're like breathing liquid. Mm-hmm. I would explain my brain being that way, like trying to right. think through liquid or something. It's interesting uh, you say that because all three of, I mean, you and Abby and you, uh, Eugenie all mentioned brain fog. Okay. And and I because I, I had talked to the because I Eugenie mentioned it first because I talked to her about it with her symptoms, and Beth had the same thing with uh, cancer brain. It's chemo okay. brain basically, not cancer brain, chemo brain. Sure. Um, where you just you just can't remember anything. You can't focus. You can't. It's like you said. It's like thinking through liquid. Yeah, just really hard to think, and things that shouldn't be hard to recall can be difficult to recall. Right. Uh, I can remember getting halfway through a sentence and not remembering what I was talking about. And again, I was really young. Um, you know, we're talking right. like. From the time I was 19, because when I was diagnosed at 19, they decided not to medicate me. It wasn't until I was 24 uh, that I was put on medication. So for those five years, I was dealing with all of those symptoms. Right. um, Without any help. Yeesh. Yeah. And so what about the fibromyalgia? What is that? So that is um, something that I don't know quite as much about because I feel like doctors don't really know that much about it. And it's kind of one of those things where it's a process of elimination. Um, you know, we, they ran blood work on me for a whole bunch of other stuff and just said, yeah, it's fibromyalgia. It's just chronic widespread pain. Um, and I feel pretty fortunate because, 
uh, again, like I said, my doctor was just somebody who listens and somebody who is invested in helping his patients. It's not like I go in, I get a half an hour to hurry up and get through everything and then get thrown out. So, um, you know, we came up with a really good plan for management. And when I stick to that plan, I have a lot less pain. And when I don't (laughs) stick to the plan, I can expect to be in pain. So do you, I mean, is it when you, when you don't stick to the plan, is it, is it out of a sense of like, I'm really tired of doing this (laughs) or is it just more more of less like a negligent sort of thing? Well, sometimes it's because I'm sick of being sick and and there's a thing that I like to do where I like to play like I'm not sick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because it's just, it is, it's tiresome. But some of it too is just, you know, I'm a mom. I have three kids. Uh Like I said, two of them have special needs. Mm -hmm. We're very busy. And sometimes the negligence is just out of busyness. Yeah. you know, and I know that Abby's talked about how food can affect her, and that's a big trigger for me. And so sometimes I'll just tell myself, well, it won't be that bad if you eat this since, you know, you have 25 minutes to get from point A to point B and no time to cook yourself something. Um, and that's almost always a bad idea. Right. And so that causes that causes pain and all kinds of different crap with you, right? I mean, I would say, like, the biggest trigger for pain is stress. Uh-huh. And, you know, a lot of people think that just means emotional stress, uh-huh. but um, it can really mean anything. If I get hungry and I'm hungry for too long, that's a stress on my body. Um, getting a cold is a stress on my body. Um, being tired is a stress on my body. So that kind of stuff can trigger it, too. Um, my daughter and I recently flew to California. The time change was a stress on my body, and I struggled a lot with pain while I was out there. So... I mean, obviously, it. you know, I asked the other two this, too, and you've kind of already hinted at it. But, I mean, obviously, it, like you said, it takes its toll mentally, and I imagine it takes its toll emotionally as well. Um, you know, what kind, What does it do to you, at least in the, uh, on a spiritual level? Well, that's an interesting question, right? Because um, that's actually why it took me a minute to answer you, because I wasn't really sure that I had anything to contribute on that level. Um, mainly because recently, um, you know, when I started deconstructing, it was almost kind of exciting. Yeah. And so thinking about it all the time and I was kind of immersed in it and then it got like things do when you get too involved, (laughs) it got stressful. (laughs) I took a step back and I decided, you know, this summer that I was just kind of kind of breathe and not really think about the spiritual stuff too much. Sure. Um, but when, you know, when I was diagnosed with these things, I was still very, very immersed in evangelicalism. And unfortunately I had this really distorted view of God. Um, you know, just kind of as like a, an authority figure. And I had been abused by authority figures. So I didn't have positive feelings toward authority figures. And so, you know, there were these feelings like, um, you know, how do I want to explain this? Almost like a scapegoat kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like I almost felt like, you know, I would get these ideas where I would think God did this to me, you know, so Mm -hmm. that I could be a testimony for him or God did this to me so that I could bring him glory. And Mm. I would real 
kind of down, just thinking like, why do I exist to be sick? Why do I exist to be in pain? Why do I exist to have bad things happen to me just so that God can look awesome? And so I had this real, <laughs> like, warped, right? It's, that's a warped view of God. Right. Um, and so it was really difficult to be sick as a Christian. I've actually found it's a lot easier to be sick um, now than it was when I was steeped in evangelicalism. Right. Um, you know, when there was a whole lot of pressure to get better, like miraculously, <laughs> I feel like, um, everybody always wants to lay hands on you when they know you're sick. Um, <laughs> that sounds, that sounds so creepy. Like I totally understand where that comes from, but it just sounds so creepy. Yeah. And I think, you know, there was a part of me that really, really wanted something like that to happen. But there was a huge part of me that was just like, Oh, this is just more, this is just more of how you're using me for you. And I, I didn't yeah. like it. That's, uh, that's an interesting, I, that's interesting. I've never thought of it that way that you're using that when we do stuff like that, it's so that we can feel like we did something it has nothing to do with the other person. Yeah. And I think people were well-intended, right? Sure. But it just got old. Oh, um, I can imagine. It got, got really old. Yeah. Really. I mean, do you, so do you, um, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I don't, I mean, there's so many people in the pub. I don't know where everybody is at this point. Right. You, you said it got, it's gotten easier sort of in, in like mid deconstruction, post deconstruction, wherever you kind of find yourself right now. Well, do you, why do you think that is? I think because I can live in the present. I'm not always looking for. You know how, like, we have this whole mentality when we were evangelical of, I can't wait to get out of here and get to heaven where everything's better. Right. And so, of course, my illness was wrapped up in that kind of thinking as well. Sure. Um, but now, don't get me wrong, there are definitely bad days where I hate it and I wish it would go away. But now I just kind of see it as part of what it means to live in the world. Hmm. Um you know, I don't, I don't really look for some kind of mystical meaning in why I have it. I mean, the simple answer is I have, you know, a wonky thyroid <laughs> and that's what happened. Right. You know, it, it's not like this mission from God that I was ill, uh, which is really, you know, it's a weird way to think about being sick, but that's, I don't know. That's where I was with it. Yeah, I mean, I think the... Uh, there's no more, there's not, like, pressure to, like, pray every day, you know? You think you have to pray about <laughs> every day. Yeah. Um, it was just so much more, like, I feel like my illness ruled my world then. Because it was always on the forefront of my mind. And why wasn't I getting healed? And why maybe I just wasn't trusting God enough? Maybe, you know, I was taking these medications and doing all these things, and... You know, maybe I just needed to learn how to trust God and not trust man and all of this really weird stuff um, that I don't really think about anymore. And it's just easier because it's not in the forefront of my mind all the time. It's right. just part of my life. It's part of my day. I get up, I take my medication, I, you know, I stretch and make sure that I keep my muscles limber so that I don't have to be in pain. And that's really it. Um I, I think the, I mean, I think the present moment, um, is so key 
I think it's key to everything anymore. I think I've had this conversation about a half a dozen times in the last three days, probably with people, but, um, like to, to, to be able just to be in your body, whatever that looks like and to be in your, just, just to be in yourself and be comfortable with that, whatever that, wherever you find yourself, man, I think that it's like 90% of the battle. I think it's so freeing, Matt. Yeah. It, it freed me up so much to be able to enjoy my life so much more. In spite of having chronic illnesses. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, do you, uh, do you find yourself, um, do you find yourself still holding on to the divine at all? Yeah, definitely. I'm just not sure exactly what that means or what that right. looks like. I'm kind of, I'm just keeping an open mind right now and I'm, learning from different sources and, you know, just, I was so afraid to look at anything other than Christianity for so long. Um, you know, I don't even know what all is out there. So just kind of putting my toes in the water in different places. Um, but yeah, I definitely, definitely believe there's that God is there in some form or another. Right. Well, a lot of what you said actually sounds Buddhist to me, so you might check you might check into that. <laughs> That's not a surprise, honestly. <laughs> let me let me ask one more question, and then uh, and then I'll let you go. Um, do you? I mean, did you have any kind of? You kind of answered this a little bit. I asked the other two about you know the idea of grief because of, you know having to deal with something on a day to day basis pretty much forever. Do you yeah. still? Do you have any grief? Do you like any kind of ongoing grief towards that that you deal with, or have you kind of put that to bed with just living in the present? On bad days, I definitely do. Mm -hmm. Um, On days where I'm kind of stuck in my bed and I can't be present with my kids. Sure. um, I feel really sad about that. Um, And they're extremely gracious and they're so kind and they're so sweet and um, they're so loving and that really helps. and we do so many great things together, you know, that I try to remind myself this is one day. Um, and it's, you know, those days are sad days. They're hard to get through. And sometimes um, I worry about what it's going to look like as I get older. Uh, and that makes me a little sad sometimes. Um, but I would say, like, on a day-to-day basis, I don't really feel bad. about. I don't know. I just, somewhere along the way, I let that feeling bad all the time go it really is gone that's great yeah and I can just you know it's just a part of my life it's a part of my day but it's not the whole thing by any means yeah I mean you're you're there you have to deal with it I mean there's there's nowhere else to go so like (laughs) exactly there's no uh there's no rapture happening (laughs) um well I mean maybe according to that flyer that came in my mailbox yesterday but (laughs) Uh, as far as I know, I'm here for a while, so yeah. make the it. That's amazing. That's, I think that's a good place to stop. Meg, thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome, Matt. Thanks for having me. And we're back. Yeah. Yeah, that was Meg Naughton. Yep. Yinzer. Uh, Yinzer, yes. No. We didn't get Yinzer into it. Yeah. Uh, thank God for that. <laughs> stop saying Yinzer. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger's a rapist. Just thought I'd throw that out there <laughs> in case anybody forgot. Yeah. Still a rapist. Fucking Le'Veon Bell, too. What a (laughs) 
Twatnagan. Yeah, good job, everybody that drafted him first. Yeah, God, me, I feel terrible. I told my wife. I told my wife. He is a sure thing. You should draft. Well, he him. will be when he plays. God, he'll feel play. terrible. What a dick. I told her to draft Julio Jones last year, and he was shit. Yeah, anyway, it was terrible. Um, <laughs> Meg Naughton. Yeah, so, that was good. Uh, yeah. So, what struck me about this one was, you know, when she was talking about. Um, how it's almost easier to deal with her, her illnesses as not, not as a Christian. Huh? Yeah. I, yep. you know, because that, that is completely ass backwards from the narrative that we were fed growing up. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I saw, you know, constant people getting prayed for, for their illnesses and the, you know, if you just believe enough. Yeah. If you, and this can be, this can be, I think, uh, applied to all of the interviews that we had, yeah. that we listened to, all three of them is, you know, we were, we were taught that if you have enough faith, if you believe enough that anything can be healed, but this kind of stuff doesn't get healed. Like, yeah. With, with the chronic so, illness, the, the laying on hands, the yes. idea that Christianity, yes. uh, that, that you can be healed by it is so fucking damaging. It is so damaging. Because you, it, what it leaves you with, and this has been, always been my problem with guys like Joel Osteen, is that they only peddle the one side of the gospel. Yeah. And they only, what it ends up leaving you with is, okay, if I'm not healed, then it's something I'm doing wrong. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have enough faith, you're not praying hard enough, you're not reading your Bible enough, you're not, you know, yeah. X, Y, and Z, fill in the blank, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. You're not, you're not doing this enough, and if you... And so it's a you problem. It's not a God problem. It's a you problem. And that just leads to so much fucking baggage and yep. guilt and shame. Well, and there's and, even and false hope and false hope. It's and condescending. Yes. Too. It's really yes. fucking condescending. And I was your just faith so, isn't strong enough just to so get healed. Struck in that interview, listening to it. Or I listened to it earlier today of her talking about how now that she's sort of out of that, that it's, it's, it's become easier to deal with it. Yeah, it's just man, and, you know, it's crazy. On the, like, on the other side, well, not the other side of that coin, but further, it's two sides of the same coin, basically, or the same side on the same coin. It's like half one and half the other. Like she, she mentioned that you know she grew up thinking that well, God gets the glory through our suffering. Yes, we hear that. Yeah, it's if fuck, if you if you don't get yeah, healed, just, well, God's going to yeah. get glory through Jesus. your suffering. Yeah, it's so far. And, and she up. said it's a warped view of God, obviously. Yeah. You know, basically, this is my testimony for God to bring him glory. Like, well, so God's making you suffer so he can look awesome? Yep. Like, that's a fucked up view of God. Yeah. Um, that was one thing that really struck me about that was that it's just it's just a messed up view. And she grew up, I think, more classically evangelical like we did, which is kind of how we grew up. I mean, had something happened to us, like, well, so God's glory can be magnified. And it's like, fuck you. Yeah. This hurts. Yeah. This hurts. This sucks. I'm stuck with this. I can't do anything about this. I'm in pain all the time. Yep. Um, you know, she made the comment. She flew to California with her daughter, and the time change. Yeah, caused yeah, her pain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. little things like that can cause her yes. pain, and so yep. that's that's not to bring God glory. Right? Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. and it goes back to what Eugenie said about it's so messed up. You know, God embodying the suffering. He's a fellow traveler in pain, but that doesn't mean that he's getting glory from it. He's not yeah, trying. Yes. He's not giving you pain so he can somehow. Yeah. If he is, he's a fucking psychopath. Yeah. Right. And exactly. That's not a God. I exactly. Want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, and all that, all that, that kind of answer, you know, looking back, because I would, there would probably been a time that I would have said something to that effect. Oh, I know I would have. Yeah. I yeah. probably, yeah. I I probably told people that. And yeah. I look back and I say, what that is, that answer right there is basically an answer to 
cover up your own crippling doubt. Yep. Yeah. So instead of having yeah. the doubt of going, yeah, I don't know if God does that, mm-hmm. that you, what you then do is you then have to twist that and go, this pain is for God's glory. Yeah. That, just fuck that. Like yeah. that is the most fucked up crazy bullshit. Yeah. It's the same thing of like, you know, when somebody close to you dies and somebody at the fucking funeral home goes, well, it's all part of God's plan. No, no fuck you. Fuck, yeah. fuck you. Get out yeah. of my fucking faith. Yeah. Like, it's, it's one thing to see God as a fellow traveler in your pain and for God to embody your suffering. Yes. And another thing to think that somehow God's doing this so it will bring it's him insane. glory. It's, one it's th- insane. It's, it's also one thing for you to come to that realization as the person who is is dealing with the chronic illness. It's another thing for somebody else to come fucking tell you that. Right. And that's what's fucking annoying. So yeah. I, yeah. I grew yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. Um, my, my dad has pancre- pancreatitis. Um, my mom has hyper thyroidism and and I, I i shit you my dad used to be an elder in the church that we grew up in um i shit you not every sunday somebody would come up to me and to, and ask me how my dad's doing which is fine but then it would come with some trite little yes uh we're really praying that he gets healed like shit like that and it's just not and it was every goddamn sunday <laughs> Every Sunday, mm-hmm. and, and, and I get the I, I get the gesture, and it's nice. But at some point, like we have to live in this shit. Yeah. We have to deal with this, and yeah. and, and praying it away um, isn't necessarily going to help. Yeah, yes. like let's embrace it and figure out how to live life on the other side of 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 taking care of yourself. Yeah, yep. and, and I think one of the things that I had down for this interview in particular, but I think it applies to all three because really all three of them sort of either said this specifically or hinted at this was that living in the present is crucial. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've talked about that so much. And, oh, yeah. for sure. And when it's like an existential thing, your job sucks, that's one thing. But when you're living with chronic, yeah. some kind of chronic pain or chronic illness, that's, that's a whole different really reality. hard to do. It's really fucking hard to do. But what I found from each, all three of them when I interviewed them, what struck me was that all three of them had at least come to that reality yeah. and go, I have today. Today may be good. Yep. Today might suck, but I'm here. Yep. It's part of my life. I can deal with it. Yes. Or, you I mean, like if I stub my fucking toe, I'm like, oh my God, why have you abandoned me? Like, but for somebody who lives in chronic, like something like that, every, that's their life. Yeah. Every day is their, their life is like that. To be able to come to that, I, that realization of living in the present moment is a huge thing. Yeah. I mean, I think that if anything, we learn anything from the three of them and anybody else with chronic illness, it's that you have no other options. You yeah. have, yes. you have, you, you know, there's no other option. Right. It's not like you're going to wake up in a new reality tomorrow right. where you're right, fine. Right, 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 Live in the moment. Don't live in denial. Be honest with yourself. Yep. And then find ways to, to, to rest when you need to. Yes. Yeah. Sabbath is real. You fucking need rest. And, yeah. and and for them, it's more real than it is for the average person. Like yeah. you've, you've got to find, find that balance, find that rhythm yep. and, and live Absolutely. in that. Their rhythm so. just looks different than your rhythm. Yes. Than our rhythm. Yep. People who don't have that kind of thing. So. Yeah. I was just super impressed by all three. Yep. yep. Thank really you guys was. so thank, much. Thank you, so Janie. Thank you, Abby. And thank just, you, Meg, for that. Um, yeah. I was just super impressed by how they've come to live and accept what they have and who they are. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, and be okay with it. I don't mean that in such a way that yeah, it's like, well, stop you know, they're, like, they're not apologizing. Right. For how life they're just looks like, this them. is what it looks like. And this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And 
they've learned to live with that and, and have some sort sense of spirituality, which is, it's not easy to do. So yeah. I'm, I'm impressed with all three. Thank you. Awesome. If you uh, like this format, let us know and we might try it out on different topics. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I enjoyed awesome. it. I enjoyed yeah. doing the interviews. That was, we'll it was talk fun. to Billy Patterson and Dan Summers about masturbation. Yep. Coming That's, up next if anybody, week. <laughs> anybody wants to there, Billy got his mention. So, yeah, I mentioned them both earlier. <laughs> I, I got, I had to make sure. I I'd like to go back and see like where we started doing that. <laughs> I think we're into like at least 30 or 40 episodes. It's got to be. Right. Somebody needs yeah. to do a, a track record. Uh, <laughs> that means that means go back and listen to every episode. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Well, Somebody else can do that. Just have to f- go back from here and make sure we say it in every one. <laughs> and then we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, let's go further up, further in. Nope. Nope. Let's go Nerdy feedback. <laughs> let's go further, further up and further in. <laughs> I usually do. Feedback. I think if there's anything I want to punch him for, it's when he does that <laughs> shit right there. I need a button. I need a, a button. No, you don't. Sta- you don't need a static Laurel. button, Michael. Laurel. Laurel. Yeah. Laurel. All right, what do we got? We have a five-star. Yes! We Finally! Have, uh, we're up to 255 stars. I'm very stars. excited nice. right now. Yeah. We're up yeah. to 200? Yeah. Some, somewhere along the line, we got, a, we got, we got a, a 13th one-star, so uh, nobody left oh, anything. I don't give but, a shit. No. I... I I curse them. Once again, none of this is real. It's all the fucking hologram. <laughs> Nobody cares. This, this is read it. This is the matrix. Yeah. It was um, a goddamn lie. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you fucking die. Leave, leave a one star. Leave a five star. I couldn't give a shit. It, yeah. None of it matters. We're still it affects my life. At in, we're still gonna do this. No every way. Week, but so. no fucking three stars. Nobody wants to be mediocre. <laughs> Piss will get off the pot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. I respect a one star more than a three star. At yeah. least they had conviction. Yep. At least they were convicted you guys by blow. their Christian Three morals. stars. You guys are meh. <laughs> meh. We feel the same about uh, you. <laughs> meh. Uh, this is from Christy76. Oh, I know her. It's called My Coffee Almost Came Out of My Nose. Same. Yes. I thought I'd learned my lesson last week about listening to Michael, Matt, and Brad while at work. Mine Apparently. came out of my pee hole after like an hour. <laughs> pee hole vomit. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because of your UTI. <laughs> I think Frank needed some cranberry juice. <laughs> I want to get some cranberry juice. He had a, he had a UTI. Mean got some cranberry juice. He had a UTI. Poor Frank. Uh, I'm guessing it wasn't a UTI. I'm guessing that was the least of his worries. Um, it's amazing shoving coke up your pee hole actually imagine, lead to problems. Imagine getting to the point where your penis hurts so much that you write a fucking song about it. <laughs> Why does uh, it hurt when I pee? Frank Zappa's a musical genius. It's I probably, will go out. On, I hurt when you pee because you used those fucking sex dolls and they didn't spritz. Them, I will. So. I will die on that hill. Put some. You go ahead. Breeze those sex dolls. Hot rats is brilliant. Um. <laughs> anyway. Uh, because I did it again today and almost spit my coffee out several times. I really appreciate the mix of humor and serious conversation you guys have in the community you're building. And the pub is beautiful. Thank you for making me laugh and helping me less, helping me feel less alone in this whole deconstruction process. Thanks, friend. Thanks, Thanks Christy. 
Thank you for being a friend. Chrissy, Chrissy, Jern, Jern. Pretty sure that's who that is. Yeah. So, is it? Yeah. yeah. Take the road, Jack. Jern again, Chris. All right, I tried too hard. Yeah, you right, did. Go ahead. Imagine that. <laughs> Twitter. Imagine you trying too Twitter. hard. Okay. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. You know, it's possible to watch a show when you're a child and not get the sexual in you. Yeah, there was a lot of it, too. Watched a lot we of did that watch show. a lot of that show. Yeah. Yep. Mm. <clears throat> I wonder if he knocked on those doors. R.I.P. Uh, what's his face? John Ritter. That's it. Mm-hmm. Problem that Child guy. was his best work. Mm. Nah, Problem Child, man. Too. He was in a few Scrubs uh, Scrubs episodes. He was J.D.'s He dad. was, yeah, he, he was, was great. great in that. Yeah. Mm, he's yeah. dead to me. Yeah. Next. He certainly is. <laughs> And you're still a shithead. He was a really good dude, and you're just his son is a really good actor. I'll right. give him that. Top nine. Huh. Uh, Stephen Bain at Stephen the Bane. Uh, existence. Now we, now we know that when you reach ten charges on your public masturbation punch card, you get a free sex offender registration. <laughs> Hashtag Alabama of China. <laughs> Number eight, Melissa Murray at Espresso Mama three. Not to be. Never mind. Uh, Accidents. Canadian? Yeah, she is Canadian. Yeah. Welcome to Canada. Good day, mate. It's the sequel sequel to Big Hero Six is Espresso Mama Three. Um, America's hat. Uh accidents I, I piss my kids off all the time. They're like, you're watching Big Hero Six? I haven't seen Big Hero one through five. God, you're so stupid, Dad. Uh <laughs> kick you in the B hole. Accidents. Yeah. Man, my six-year-old loves. I learned "butthole" from your six-year-old. Yeah, he likes yeah. "butthole" too. It's, it's a, pretty funny. "Butthole's" a pretty funny word. It is. It's really funny coming out of a six-year-old. Yeah, it is. I have to like stifle. I stop. He calls um, me Matthew, and he calls me Uncle Man. Person, he does. So that's great. Yep. Nice. Uh, the littlest one does. Mm-hmm. Milo. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Accidents sometimes turn out to be the best creation. Hashtag Epitode One Thirty Three of Pastor's Podcast was my jam. Guardian all day, all night. Can't help but love sinking along to hashtag yellow submarine, hashtag team Michael. Oh, hey. And feel permission to Thanks. hashtag deconstruct and hashtag grieve without judgment and pressure. Hashtag who, freedom. Who is that? Again? That's Espresso Mama 3. Oh, hey. I love her more now. Team Michael. That's some sick hot. That's some hot guitar licks. All right, that's a very 90s sound right there. Very much so. Uh, number seven, Jason at Faster Than Gravy. Wondering if hashtag butthole shots is going to be a new feature on hashtag what are you drinking on Pastor's oh, podcast. I still can't. We should come up with that. a butthole shot. Like, no, we should not. No, we should. I'll, I'll start thinking of, we'll, 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 we'll name a butt, we'll do a butthole shot. And I'll, uh, it's got to have chocolate in it. It definitely has to have chocolate in it. Yeah. All right. I'll 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 be butthole shot. Yeah, it's gonna be mm. called the butthole shot. Yep, mm. hot butthole shot oh, is what it's gonna be called. Gosh. Number six, we Lynn. Gotta get, you gotta get butt plugs for when we try it. Lynn. What? 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 Why? Not? Why? When in Rome? Nope. 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 We're not in Rome. <laughs> no. No. Nope, you can go the fuck back to Rome. All right. Number six, Lynn at Swashbuckland. Uh, guys, come on. Michael's a swimmer, not a fighter. Hashtag Preach. good gravy. <laughs> That's, that's right. <laughs> Number five, Christy Jernigan, old C. Jerns. At, Man, she's uh, just on Chris, all Chrissy cylinders. Jern, <laughs> at, <laughs> it's been the Chrissy Jerns episode. At Christy Jernigan. 
At Pastors Podcast, this week's episode was hilarious. I almost died when Jude told you to hashtag stop saying shit. That was very popular. Yeah. And just when I thought it couldn't get any better, I heard hashtag cunnilingus is my prayer language. Thank you. Best <laughs> hashtag ever. <laughs> yep. All right. Number four. Thank you very much for coming. My name is Joe. At Joe is just okay. <laughs> Wait, we haven't heard from him in a long time. Uh, at it used to podcast. be Joel, it's just okay. No, it didn't. I just, no, it wrong. <laughs> just always said it wrong. You did, didn't you? Yep, sure did. I could see how you could do that, though, as I it, look at it. Yeah, it looks like yep. Joel is just yep. okay. If you look at it, yep. Okay. At Pastor's Podcast, I'm sure the Al- hashtag the Alabama of China is interesting, <laughs> but I really want to know about hashtag the China of Alabama. Can you guys do some undercover reporting from there? Why didn't we? Why didn't we do Alabama? It's mostly just Steve uh, Austin sticking his dick in a Chinese finger trap. Why didn't we do uh, Alabama Thunder China? Anyone? Alabama Thunder China. Uh, Number three, putting on the fits at JFitz432. Hi! Putting on the fits! Still offensive. No. It's from Young Frankenstein. At Pastor's, it's pronounced Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. At Pastor's (laughs) Podcast, some of my favorite moments on the podcast are when at MJ Basinger flips from somewhere between blustering toddler and wise sage. You're welcome. (laughs) Hashtag, wait, what? Hashtag, Hashtag, who said that? Hashtag, the Alabama of China. Hashtag, Twitter blinds Michael. Hashtag, Uh, public beater. Hashtag, elephants not... What the fuck? Elephants... I I have no fucking idea what that says. Elephants from down under. Oh, (laughs) elephants not attached to it. Oh, yeah, the trunk. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Man, I can't unsee that. There are things that you... I was dying Uh when I listened back. I can't believe we didn't use that as the hashtag. There are things that I can't unsee. There's an elephant trunk attached to it. Michael will never never be hard again. He must have bleached that. That's all I got to say. It was just... Michael's dick is permanently soft from a Twitter search. (laughs) Yep. Oh, man. Number two, the anxious oracle at anxious underscore oracle. This is actually two into one. Uh, hey, Pastors Podcast, specifically MJ Basinger. You wanted to know what one does whilst listening to your pod. Hashtag bleach. She put a picture of her bleaching her hair. That's awesome. Hashtag bleach. Hashtag yes, it foams. Hashtag it's science, asshole. Hashtag spits loudly. Man, I love these. So somebody else was on a on a ferry, I think, and they sent yeah, a picture of that. In, Just, in England, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they awesome. were in. They were crossing English Channel, I believe. Yeah, keep letting us know what yep. you're doing. It's, it's um, interesting. It is really interesting to me too. Like I think it's interesting to all of us just to see what you're doing when you listen. It's just su- su- yeah. super weird. Send pics. Uh, su- 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 super weird. Send it to That was the beer talking. Follow up. I cut my hair post bleach. Laugh so hard I cut my scalp with scissors. Ooh. Ask a pastor should not be listened to while using non-safety scissors. Yep. Hashtag the more you know. Hashtag Nicole's hair care tips. tips. Or maybe don't cut your own hair. New nickname? Just the tips? She wants a new nickname. Uh, hashtag safety scissors. <laughs> nice. Uh, number one. Oh, sorry. Hold on. I was typing and something. He's nowhere near it. Yeah, I'm sorry. All right. There we go. There it is. Laurel. <laughs> Back on the button. <laughs> Ryan M. at Pop Pop in the Attic. At Pastor's pop, pop, Podcast. Pop, dirty, pop. I, once, I once asked my wife for a French dolphin. She didn't <laughs> talk to me for three weeks. <laughs> Did you look it up? See what it was on your No, dictionary? I think what he meant was a blowjob or something. I don't know. 
I did. Hey, I was, you, I, I, there's no fucking way I'm looking up French dolphin. Let's look up French dolphin. <laughs> well, it just it titles. It goes to the article about the sexually frustrated dolphin. Let me look at Urban Dictionary. Yeah, type in Urban Dictionary oh, French God. dolphin. That's got to be a thing. I'm sure at this point it might be French dolphin. It's probably like see also. Nope, it's not a thing. Sorry. Uh, well, there's Brad, do, there's, Brad's going to work on that too with his butt shot. There's dolphin foreplay. What? Hmm. Boy, that's uh, I'm not reading that. No, Ultra. let's not. <laughs> dolphin foreplay. Mm-hmm. The phrase Jesus. dolphin gangbang comes up. No, Ooh, boy, not, let's not do that either. Is that Dolph Lund- Lundgren? Is that they're talking about? Dolph Lundgren. Wow. We had a Dolph Lundgren episode a reference. I almost made Brad spit his beer. It has something to do with him. It's the Dolph Lundgren gangbang. It's gang the bang. opposite of Miyagi, my ball sack. The, it's the Dolph Lundgren gangbang. Jeez. <laughs> Sign me up. The old, the old Dolph Lundgren gangbang. All right, oh cool. Oh, my God. Oh. Yep, there it is. <laughs> that Rocky Four is the best Rocky by a mile. Don't yeah. fucking at me. Michael, hold on. Yeah, oh, my God. That that training uh, sequence. Sheet, dude. I could run through a goddamn brick wall. It's a true story. When I was running at one, one of my running <laughs> sessions... I put this on, I fucking barfed. I ran so hard. Like, it sped me up so much. I, I fucking barfed in a ditch. I used to listen to this when I was working out and um, uh, Hearts, on, Hearts Fire. on Fire by John Cafferty. <laughs> Who is John Cafferty in the Beaver Brown Band? Thank you very when much. When he's doing, like, jump ropes and shit in the barn. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. It's a, it's ahead, a Yvonne Drago deep cut yeah, it is. on the uh, Pastors <laughs> podcast. Because yeah. if you need anything, it's Yvonne Drago deep cut. When he's doing the sit-ups over the edge of the thing. Dude, fucking insane. That's insane. There's no way. And he did it in real life. I like, know. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. All right, Mike, what do you got? All right. Uh, hashtags, here we go. All right. Well, we paid close attention and we wrote them all down. Now it's time to decide our... Dude, um, seriously, I if I ran a marathon, I'd be dead by I know. the third mile. I'd be I dead by the, the third, the three tenths of a <laughs> mile. I would just take off sprinting and just collapse in a heap. <laughs> you need this on mile twenty six, like yes, that when last you get twenty six at point two, yeah. yes. <laughs> He's driving that fucking Ferrari or whatever, Lamborghini oh, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Go ahead. Rocky Four is the best Rocky. Fight me. All right. Fight seriously. Fight me like Drago. It's not Rocky. even close. All right. By um, the way, in that movie, Rocky wanted to. Uh, Sylvester Stallone was as real as possible. So, uh, uh, what's his name? Yvonne Drago. Yeah. Uh, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. Uh, put him in the hospital. It hit him in the chest. And basically, almost stopped his heart. Oh, neat. Yeah. Well, didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The more you know. I prefer. Okay. Can you turn it down yeah, so okay. we can do this? I prefer uh, Rocky Three. I lost a lot of money that. Day. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good dirty work cut there. That's really good. It's a good reference. All right. Um, You've been on the fight in Rocky 3. You bet against Rocky. <laughs> Hindsight is 2020, my friend. Right. Hashtag off puttingly puckered. Yep. Hashtag he didn't know Jenny had AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just say Jenny was a whore? There's no two ways no. around it. 
She you was, deserved what she got. She was alone. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Ah! <laughs> Michael, I'll let you have that when I see you typing. No, I don't have it. You don't have, okay. I got something else. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> wow. She was a product of her upbringing. She was a, an abused child. <laughs> you fucking savage ghoul. It's a movie. Calm your Jesus. <laughs> wow. Hashtag a Michael original. Hashtag. I don't, that I don't either. Hashtag two, two horses eat spiders. What? Two horses eat spiders. <laughs> this is my absolute favorite coming up right here. Hashtag equine inter- intermediary. <laughs> <laughs> that is a mouthful. Equine intermediary. <laughs> we can't even say it right. Oh my god, that is my absolute. <laughs> that's my vote right now. The word, I'm telling you, the word equine. Equine is my intermediary. Word. That's such a fun word, man. Oh my god. Hashtag hard to clean crevices. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Hashtag spray them out like a bowling shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag foofy Sherpa. Hashtag the new just say venti. <laughs> I have that one. Hashtag Dolph Lundgren gangbang. <laughs> oh, shit. I do really like that, too. <laughs> Speaking of Dolph Lundgren, have you seen Brigitte Nelson? Ooh boy! Wow! <laughs> Did she she just had a baby like in the last five years. What was it? Flavor Flaves? Wasn't he nailing her at one point? Yeah, pretty sure. Oh boy, that's a <laughs> flavor. Flaves. That would be one fucked up child right there. Uh, hashtag. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> It looks Jesus. like a ghoul. I was going to say, man, <laughs> I think it would be an absolute nightmare horror show. Comes out looking like Vern Troyer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Vern Troyer is dead to me. All right. Uh, and then hashtag Yvonne Drago deep cut. Uh, I've got the hashtag German mutant. <laughs> Nice. Hashtag Aryan wet dream. Oh. oh. Hashtag. No, we're not using anything with the word wet dream. <laughs> or Aryan. Yeah, well, <laughs> given our current yeah, like say, let's not. Hashtag off-puttingly puckered. Hashtag go full banana. Oh, man. It's pumps in a bun. <laughs> God. Uh, <laughs> God. Now, that, that image is in my head. Again. Hashtag spray them out like a bowling shoe. <laughs> <sighs> hashtag the new just say venti hashtag i tried too hard hashtag he must have bleached that <laughs> <laughs> oh shit <laughs> uh hashtag nicole needs safety scissors <laughs> hashtag Avon drago deep cut and hashtag jenny deserve what she got <laughs> <laughs> all right that's, that's kind of my favorite <laughs> I've got dear God, make me a bird. Well, I'll take you away from there, but enjoy your AIDS. That was God's answer. Here's your bird. Your bird. A bird named AIDS. We can't use that as a hashtag, but that would make a really good one. Everyone has AIDS. All right. A bird named AIDS. All right, here's, here's my list. I got uh, hashtag fully puckered, hashtag blinked hard, 
Um, hashtag Matt Man on the Street. Oh man. Hashtag Eugenie's Daddy. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, Johnny's geez. Daddy. Eugenie's Daddy. Uh, I, I'm bringing back this one just because I said Eugene, Eugenie for so long. Hashtag Sorry Ryan. Uh, <laughs> that's a way too that's good. A, that's that's really far back. Yeah. Uh, hashtag Aryan Wet Dream. <laughs> hashtag the German mutant. Uh, hashtag stop saying kiddos. Fucking um, Germans. Nothing ever changes. Hashtag fucking fucking Nazis. Nazis. <laughs> they were Nazis, Walter. Come on, Donnie. They were threatening castration. <laughs> are we going to split hairs here? Hashtag to quote Brokeback Mountain. That was from the, yeah. one of the yeah. conversations. Uh, hashtag practically dead. Hashtag pee hole vomit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, hashtag permanently soft. Hashtag the Michael Basinger story. <laughs> hashtag uh, dead by the third mile. Permanently soft. <laughs> hashtag Jenny is dead to me. <laughs> and hashtag bird named AIDS. We can't use that. We can't. We can't do an AIDS reference. You want to do AIDS reference we on a chronic pain episode? No, we can't do that. <laughs> chronic illness episode. Like, there's not many standards on this podcast, but we need to draw a line somewhere. It's a think, bird named AIDS. I think it's a bird named line. AIDS. Oh my god! Oh. I, I am on board with Jenny. Deserve what she got. <laughs> <laughs> what a bitch. She was terrible. She really struck poor Forrest along. Seriously, what a fucking piece of shit. Oh, right. I'm dying. Will you marry me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm good oh, with that. Oh, God. I'm good with Jenny. I don't know what love is, but I'll fuck you anyway. All right. Um, I like uh, I like equine intermediary. Oh, that one's good, too. And I really shit. like Dolph Lundgren gangbang. <laughs> surely that's, that's it. Don't, that's, don't make me look up hold on. shit on Twitter anymore. Hold on. Yeah. Gonna, that's probably true. I'm gonna that's, go. I'll look longer in gangbang. I really might be there. I'll look this one up. Hold on, a Matt's second. taking one for the oh, Twitter. Oh my god, he's got to be what sixty? Little does Matt this know. Earlier today, Dolph I made a, one an anus picture grin. with the hashtag Dolph Lundgren gangbang. Uh, no, nope, it's not a thing. All right, god. well it is now. Oh man. All right, um, I'm good with either equine. Intermediary. <laughs> that is pretty good. Or Jenny. Uh, what was the Jenny one? <laughs> oh, Jenny Go. She deserved. Jenny Go. Is she deserved? That's that's my vote. I think that's the winner. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's do it. God, we're terrible people. <laughs> I take I take full responsibility. You, I'll own you, it. You can't do heroin and crack to, Brad. You can't do heroin and crack to Freebird. Expect to get away with exactly. It. Jesus, <laughs> time to pay the fiddler whore. Matt has left the table. Oh my god! Oh. Oh. If 
<laughs> that is that is the best oh, dirty work God. reference it ever really, made. It really is. I really need to watch it again. I haven't seen it in oh years. Oh my God! Time to pay the fiddler. Whore. Oh my God! Are we really gonna, Are we really doing? Jenny got what she deserves. <laughs> yes, we are. If you've listened to this episode oh in its entirety, <laughs> hit us up on social media with the hashtag Jenny got what she deserved. Um, wow. We're on Twitter oh, at Pastors God. Podcast. At Polyname I'm not on there. Fuck at Polyname Brad. Fuck Twitter. At MJ Basinger. We're on Facebook.com slash Pastors Podcast. Oh, Instagram in Glorious Pastors. <sighs> Closing time. Subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Check out our, uh, our website, GloriousPastors.com. Support for this podcast comes from listeners like you. Support us on Patreon to join the Pastors Pub. Get uh, access to our spinoff podcasts, Pastors Community Church, Hymns of Reconstruction, Turd Talk, Pub Crawl, Special Music, Buying Around, and even help shape the content of the show. We also have the Cosmic Christ, and then there will be a Pub Crawl with Abby Kelly this week. Uh, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash pastorspodcast. <sighs> Check out Twisted Sisters on their... Apple Podcast feed, wherever fine podcasts are sold. For free. Oh, man. God, I am sweating just from laughing. Oh, man. Oh, man. I needed this. Space Force, fuck yeah. Saving the world from the motherfucking alien. Yeah. Oh, man. What a terrible person. Just because you had you gave birth to Haley Joel Osment doesn't mean that you get redemption. Use a condom next time. Fuck you. <laughs>